This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Well, alright, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrash or Die and Combat and a new band. And uh, with me, as always, is. Oh, yeah! And also with us is. Oh, yeah! Bill and Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the place to be. Diddly BD, the Asian sensation is here. Bam! Damn. And, I, and you know what? I hear I hear Ian's beer crack, like click, and yours is more like click. Yeah, because <laughs> mine's like big as fuck. <laughs> you got the big boys there. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right, so Ian, it's rolling rock for you, right? Yes, sir. And uh, Wang, what what is your beverage today? Um, stuff called Sneak Attack. Uh, San Francisco beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kid you not, man. 101st uh, Amendment uh, Brewery, and it's 8.9% alcohol, so much, uh, little, a little bit less than wine. So, yeah, I got to be cool here. I don't want another point of entry episode. <laughs> Damn. Sneak attack. You think you're just enjoying a little sarsaparilla, then you get a chopstick right in the fucking eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Sneak exactly. attack. That's classic. all right so uh boy and this is a double shot of wang last week we had him the with the great uh siznak sinzak sinzak and uh we did crazy nights and this week we're bringing bill back by popular demand that you know the demand is really everybody on the fucking planet always loves bill wang on the show so we figure we'll give people a double dose but to let you guys even know that we even have another Bill Wang episode on hold, on retainer, and it's an Ace Fraley one as well. But this week, we're doing the brand new Ace Fraley uh, covers album because we figure let's strike it while it's hot. And that's one thing, when it comes to Kiss-related shit, we got to review it right away because no episodes do better than Kiss episodes. Yes, even better than our Crocus episode. Yes, and you add Bill Wang to the Kiss episode, and that shit's like a sneak attack. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like the last episode of MASH. Everybody's there. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and, uh, woo! So, uh, yeah, gotta tell you, man, I'm very happy and pleased with this album. Uh, not everything, though, believe it or not. Yes, I am this major Ace Frehley nutswinger, and when we did that uh, Space Invader shit, I didn't say nothing bad about any track on that album. Even the ones that weren't like the best songs on there I liked. This one, uh, I, have a, I have a couple minor complaints, but believe me, the good outweigh the bad because after all, I'm a Kool-Aid drinking Ace Frehley fan, and he fucking rules. And this ain't no second sighting, motherfucker. That's right. So, um, anyway, so, uh, I was looking forward to this. I kept hearing, I hear a song here and there. White Room was one of them. Parasite. Uh, and, you know, a couple of other ones before the album came out. Then the album finally came out and I heard it in its entirety for the first time on my walk. 
And you know, there was a couple songs first. The good thing we did not review this on after me hearing it just once, because there's a couple ones I didn't really like, and I ended up liking. Because I have played the, been playing the fuck out of this thing to, to, for it to sink in enough. So maybe I'll change my mind on the shit I ain't that happy about now. But uh, other than that, it's a solid fucking album. Ace Rayleigh's on fire on this fucking album. And uh, that's all I got to say about it. Well, Bill, would you mind telling yeah, the folks um, uh, your, your impression of Origin before yeah, we get into the yeah. song? Yeah, as far as my introduction, my expectations, my uh, whatnot, kind of like what you just said, you know, uh, later in the interview, you know, people as as you, I'm a total ace to the But I got, some, I, got some, I got some issues with shit, and uh, the thing about it is, when I, when I knew Ace was going to be doing a covers album, I started thinking of songs I was influenced by, right? Selfishly, thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden, I hear what um, the finished product was, or even previously to the album being released. I, I, um, I, I saw the album. This is Ace Frehley's influence. This guy is a lot older. He's like oh, five years younger than my parents. So I sort of had to reboot everything. You know, I was expecting something, not, you know, Judas Priest, ACDC, blah, blah, blah. You know, the shit that we're all influenced by. So I had to tone it down. I had to keep an open ear, open mind, because a lot of these bands around here, I don't like, I never have. So, um, it's a, you know, it's an interesting uh, mix of songs and um Look, I'm ready to talk about you too. All right, Ian. Um, well, you know, in, in your defense too, Bill, uh, it would have been interesting to hear Ace Fraley do Hall of the Mountain King, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, God, I love you. Uh, I was kind of when I heard about this, I was like lukewarm about it. I always want something new from Ace. Uh, you know, even though I slag a lot of it, I still want something new because I love his guitar. Work. First and foremost, I love this man's guitar work. His solos are so incredible to me. You know, it's not like fucking shredder shit, but they're just, you know, shit that sticks to your ribs, you know? And I love that about Ace. But I've always had a problem with the, with a lot of the covers. And a lot of times they're not my favorite tracks. And I would rather hear him write a new riff. But uh, like any Ace, uh, you know, I'm going to check it out. And... I will say, you know, I'll get into it more as we go track by track, but I was pleasantly surprised with this. And, you know, some stuff exceeded my expectations. Uh, you know, some was about what I thought it was going to be, and uh, some I was really let down by. But, uh, you know, and, and also there's an interesting backstory to this album that we'll talk about as we go track by track about how this album even came about. But, uh,. Man, we all love Ace Frehley. He's the only, well, I, I mean, I, I know how much you love Vinnie Vincent, uh, Wang, but, uh, you know, to me, he is the Kiss guitar player. It sounds like true Kiss when you hear an Ace Frehley solo. Um, but uh, let's go track for track. And, Wang, you are our esteemed guest. Uh, why don't you talk about Ace's cover of White Room by Cream? Yeah, and uh, and you're right. Yeah, Ace is the key. Yes, I do uh, jack off the things, but for a different reasons. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, white room. You know, admittingly, I'm not a Cream fan. Matter of fact, I dislike them. I mean, I've never really. I, I've, I've always thought Eric Clapton was overrated. He never rocked my boat. Sure, there's some songs that I like, uh, uh, but uh, 
but this version, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a Queen fan as long as Ace Frilly is playing the, the Queen song. Because this song is bombastic, it's loud, it's just, it's, it, just the instrumentations and everything, it's just so organic. It just sounds like you're in a, in a really small studio, you're in the studio and everybody's spot on with their playing and they're rocking and it sounds like that. To like the vocals when you tell them a little bit diddly deep with and whatnot, but yeah, it's just I'd love it. I think it's a fantastic song, I think it's a fantastic version, I should say. And um, as far as the ratings, I give it five out of cho- uh, five out of five chopsticks. Bam, wow, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna sound like a broken record. I agree with Bill 100%. I am not a cream fan, never liked cream. I actually owned one time. I had an album called Goodbye Cream. Is that an album? Yeah. Yes. Their their final studio album. Oh, half, it's yeah. terrible. Okay. I just can't get into it. I'm sorry. It's not my thing. And uh, I know this song. I never liked White Room and all these other songs that I've heard. And Eric Clapton. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I like Layla, and I do own that Derek and the Dominoes. And there's another song on there that's kind of like a radio song that I like also on that album. That's probably like the only thing I like from that guy, but I never liked White Room. And then I remember seeing it on Blabbermouth that Ace was doing the song. I'm like, oh man. Then that was the first song they released online, and I was blown away how much I fucking loved it. I yeah. thought I thought he did an amazing job. Just like I wasn't a fan of the Joker by Steve Miller, and I liked that too. How he did that song. I know a lot of people hated his version of the Joker, but fucking a. I was like, dude, he does a great job. Now, before anybody out there is going to be like, what a night nut swinger. He, he, he does a song that you don't like, but then all of a sudden you like it because it says fairly. Not true, because there's another song. There's two other songs I don't like that are on this that I still don't like. But White Room is definitely not one of them. I fucking love it. I think he did an amazing job on it. Better than the original? Uh, fuck yeah. Got a problem? Got a problem? Tell, tell it to your mom. Exactly. That's right, bitch. right, Bill? Yeah, she's a fucking whore. Fuck she's her. a whore and cream sucks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, anybody out there getting upset with me that I don't like cream, your mother's a whore. I mean, she's more of a whore than Ian and my mom combined. Now that's fucking whorish. Wow, and Filipino. That, that, that's a crack horse. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fucking major crack horse. Uh, Ian, did, did you did you talk about White Room? No, I haven't. All right, let's hear. Uh, it. And and I'm gonna agree and disagree with, with both of you. Well, I know you like Cream because you're like one of those hippie fucking Grateful Dead fucking. But, you, but then you know, I I don't understand why is it that you like Cream, and Bill doesn't, and I don't, and we all take drugs. Well, uh, I, I guess because we take different drugs. Oh, that's probably why. But uh, <laughs> what, what I will say, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I love old Eric Clapton. Uh, I really, once he went solo, that's where I gave I love what he did with John Mayle. I, I love Cream. That's my favorite by far. Uh, Derek and the Dominoes, Blind Faith. But after that, I totally agree. I think he's overrated. You know, but I love the old shit. But when I saw Ace was going to do this, I was like, Oh man, really? You know, because I'm, you know, I'm one of those nerds that always wants the deeper cuts. You know, but I, I know 
that we're in the minority. That you know the masses want something they know, something they can sing along to. And what scared me is, unlike you, Ralph, I love Steve Miller and I love the Joker, and I hated Ace's cover. Man, you know I what? Was... You know what? And I'm gonna tell you something that I bet you disagree with me on. Okay. You know what song I love? I mean, I love. Abracadabra. Oh, I, I love it. To to me, that's not Steve Miller, but I still love. Oh, the song. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Because I've heard yeah. I've heard a lot of Steve Miller fans saying that's kind of like, you know, his hot in the shade. You know what I mean? Oh, oh no, no, I agree with that. That's him trying to find his place in the '80s. But I can't disagree. I think it's a great song. But it's him. I think it's his best song. How do you like those apples? Well, I, I disagree with that, but I I love the song. I'm not gonna argue. But, uh, yeah, I didn't like Ace's cover of the Joker. And when I heard Ace was going to do White Room, I was like, fuck it, really? And something I'm going to reference a lot in uh, this review is a recent interview he did with Eddie Trunk for Eddie Trunk's podcast. And I, I hate to recommend, you know, other podcasts other than our friends, but uh, I would say if, if you're an Ace fan, check this out because it's a very interesting interview. And he contradicts himself a lot, though, in the interview. And he says... Oh, I tried to pick, you know, I don't want to pick the, uh, you know, the obvious hits by these bands. But it's like, you know, what more popular fucking, uh, you know, Cream song is there than fucking White Room, you know? I mean, that's one of the most well-known. But when I heard, and this is a song, even though I love Cream, I never need to hear this song again. Just classic rock radio has killed it. I love it, but it's dead to me. But when I heard Ace play it and... Uh, and, and to hear his voice, and that's one thing, I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I think sobriety's been good to Ace, because I think his playing nowadays and his singing is amongst the best it's ever been. Uh, you know, maybe I could be a better podcaster if I sobered up. Luckily, no, no, no. You'll no. never know. You'll no, never know. no, you need something. <laughs> Stay no, on no, the no, sauce, no, my friend. No way, yeah. no way, no way. Yeah, and, and the worst thing is if I was sober, I'd remember how bad I was. You'd be so, yeah. you'd be like underdog without that pill in the ring. Yeah, exactly. Nobody needs that. You would suck like three times. <laughs> oh, ooh. I'm sorry, I sneezed. You'd suck like to- Tony Thayer and Ace Freely makeup. Bam. Yeah, that's, that's right. Tony. But, uh, why do you call? Wait a second. Why why do you call, keep calling him Tony, Bill? Oh, out of disrespect, just to fuck with people. <laughs> to, get, to, get, to get all the kiss fucking scab bands that they hate me because of it. I know, I get called out. It's Tommy! It's like, bitch, it's Tony. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, 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 Wang, be nice before you get banned again. That's something we need to talk about. Oh, yeah, about. yeah. What happened, Bill? Oh, yeah, Why'd yeah, you yeah. get. I never found out why you were banned. I don't know. Because unfortunately, that goes from the God of Wad. I mean, you. you you don't. You can never find out specifically who was the person, but it was some comment I made last weekend in North Carolina about, you know, scab kiss and Tony Thayer. And the only thing he does good is you know, eat cat shit. And I went up, and this bitch made some comment that Gina thinks she's the one who did it, but just my typical fucking, uh, you know, scab stuff that some people just get, get butt hurt over. And, uh, what what, what is? Fra- a, a friend, a friend of you guys has left my group, because, and I'm not going to say his name, but uh, a podcaster left my group because I was fucking getting on some scab guy trying to sell scab merchandise on my page. It's like, no, fuck you. But what? Hey. What? No, tell me. We'll edit this out. Who was it? 
No, 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 no. Don't go. say there it. I don't want to edit it out. Oh, okay. Don't right. say it. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why. Just my typical, you know, which I built a fucking career on is fucking hating on scab kiss. And some people get offended. I didn't, you know, I never, I'm a totally against racism, totally against homophobia. I live in San Francisco. Hello. I spent four nights with Wadzilla. Don't ask, don't tell. Hello. Anyways, you know, so, yeah, yeah exactly. Bam. So, yeah, I, you know, something as simple as that. You know, I'm totally against nudity on there, racism, fucking all that shit. But yeah, I just said something. Oh, about I, oh, I, I have, I do have a statement to say about uh, uh, Bill Wang getting uh, banned on on YouTube. Ready? I mean, on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That, that was, was wet. Yeah, that was. No, wet. it was not wet, man. Why, why, dude? I'm telling you, man. My sound, that my farts sound wet, but I swear to you, they're fucking dry, dude. Oh man. Put your finger down there and test it, just in case. <laughs> no, I feel it. I know. Oh man! It's that I put uh, my see, button. I, I put my I, butt I, in the air next to the fucking microphone. I'd feel it hit my boxers if it. If it. I. I've never. I've never had a wet fart in my life, actually. Now I think about it. I Damn. have. Really? I've had, yeah. Oh no, I've had some bad ones. Though. Oh. Yeah, I know. Ian has. Trust me, I've got fucking. I had shit stains all over my bed when he slept. Hey, there. hey! <laughs> I thought we were gonna talk about that. Come on. Oh, that's my bad. Uh, anyways, yeah, clean as hell, clean as hell. Hey, I bought underwear for my next trip, you know? Oh, good, good, good. You won't need it. Yeah, it's disposable, too, which is nice. Uh, oh, uh, good, like a big lighter. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but the reason I brought this up, I know we're, we're veering off our review, but we always do that. What I thought was so dangerous um, about Wayne getting banned for uh, a couple days off of Facebook is he got banned for, like, an opinion and a statement. Ralph, you and I both got banned for nudity. You know, you you for a pair of boobies and me for, a, you know, a, a ding-dong and a guy with a bottle of Hennessy shoved up his ass. Uh, yeah, but I, dude, I've, I've been banned from the... Dude, the, fuck, the most fucked up part is the, the, the Thrasher Die page. When I get banned from th- a Thrasher Die page, all the administrators have to go through all this bullshit to get back on Facebook. While I get banned, and they all get mad at me. What'd you post now, Ralph? I mean, and, and I get banned for the stupidest shit. Like, I got banned one time for putting up a picture of a girl that's that that's full of, that has cum all over her. But, you know, she's not naked. But she has cum all over her, and her shirt says, I swallow. And I got banned for that. I got banned for another. It's a picture of an emo kid with a dick flying toward his mouth. I got banned for that. I'm like, God damn it. But uh, anyway, back to Ace Frehley. Uh, there you The next track, uh, cover of the Rolling Stones. Uh, Ace going back to the Rolling Stones again, this time for Street Fighting Man. Now, I am definitely the biggest Stones fan out of the three of us. I've always said the Beatles are the greatest band of all time, but the Stones are the greatest rock and roll band of all time. But this is a track that, for whatever reason, I've never cared for. So we're kind of, we're, we're starting off in the ditch for me because I've just never, ever cared for this song. And man, when I saw he was covering this, I was like, uh. And uh, I would like to hear your guys' opinion because already it's like you know what do you do when you're covering a song you don't even like and to me it doesn't change that much from uh, uh from the stones so to me it's just hearing another song that i don't care for i don't think he sings bad or plays bad 
I just don't care for the song. Wang, what do you think of Street Fight Man? Um, first of all, I don't know if you're a bigger Stones friend than me. Oh, really? I've seen it 15, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen it 15 times. Oh, okay. Um, I, oh, yeah, Stones are fine. Are you kidding me? I oh, I, I, oh, for some reason I thought you didn't like the Stones. Okay. No, I love the fucking Stones. My dad got me into it when, when some girls came out. I got that Christmas 78 along with Double Platinum. But um, anyways, yeah, I fucking love the Stones. Um, the song in particular, I mean, like 2000 Man, Ace scores on the Stones song, and I was um, I think the song, the song, and when it, it's a it's a fantastic song. It's, um, I love the lyrics. Um, Ace is on fire. I mean, just I mean, it sounds like I'm a, a re- just being redundant, but his playing is fucking fantastic. I like this version. I like it's heavier. Obviously, it's got a a, a sonically, uh, uh, obviously contemporary sound, so it sounds thicker, you know. And um, I love it. I think it's a great song. Could I have picked the better songs from the Stones of that era? Absolutely. Uh, but I give it four out of five. Bam. Wow. Oh, All right. Yeah. Look, look, from now on, let's go back and forth. Let me go before Bill because I'm going to sound like fucking a kiss ass to this guy because, again, <laughs> he mirrors exactly what I think of the song. Now, I don't know. I mean, Bill didn't mention if you liked the song to begin with. I do like Street Fighter Man. I always did. Now, I will admit, I'm a... I'm not the biggest Stones fan compared to you two. I like them. I don't think they're bad. I don't think they suck. But no, you guys are way more fanatical than I am. Do I think it's as good as 2000 Man? No, not at all. But I do like what he did with the song. Do I like it better than the Stones version? Eh, it's too close. It's too soon to tell. But I do like the way he delivers it. I like the guitar work more. But then again, you know, I'm a bigger fan of Ace Fraley than I am of the Stones, you know, Mick Taylor, whoever played on that album. Um, I, I, uh, I dig it. I think it's good. And even the songs that I don't like later on, it has some fantastic guitar work. And that's one thing, and Ian said this earlier, man. I mean, fuck, man. This guy's Space Invader in this album is some of his greatest guitar playing. I mean, he is playing so well. And, he, and on, on Street Fighting Man, he does some of those geek, 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 that kind of like uh, what he used to do. Like, like if you guys ever seen, well, I know you guys have seen it. The Largo Dynasty show, when he does his little guitar solo, he does that little special effect where he's like just picking on that one string, like geek, 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 geek. He does that during yeah. Street Fighting Man that sounds so killer. And, you know, it's, know. it's total ace, you know, like. That's the thing. This may be a covers album, but the solos, with the exception of the the solos on, on his songs, where one thing I remember from that interview, that Eddie Trunk interview, was where he did a solo different on Parasite, and John Five said, no, play it like you originally did, you know? So those songs, I can tell you, aren't, aren't that much different, but... He does put his uh, stamp guitar solo-wise on uh, this song, and I love it. I, I love Street Fighting Man. I think he does an incredible job on it, but it's no 2000 Man. Now, I'll tell you this. like I heard 2000 Man way before. I'm talking about decades before I heard the Stones version. I never heard, because that Stones version I never heard on the radio. And then finally, when I got around to hearing it, which was 
the dawn of the internet was when I fucking hunted for it. I gotta hear Rolling Stones version of 2009. I never heard it. I was shocked how much I disliked it. Right. I, I guess both of you guys liked it. Right. Well, I, I, actually, that's a. It's very, so different. It's just so yeah. different. Uh, yeah, that's the. Yeah. I mean, that, that comes from uh, their Satanic Majesty's request, which was the the Stones trying to do Sergeant Pepper. And uh, you stole my thunder. Good and, point. And, and, and they did fail, but there's. I mean, because the Stones are the Stones and the Beatles are the Beatles, and neither one should, you know, try to be the other. But there's a shit ton of songs that I still like on that album. And 2000 Dude. Man was not one of them. And I'm not... I I, I like 2000 Man on Dynasty all right, but again, it's just not... I don't think it's that great a song, so I'm kind of biased on 2000 Man, too. Wow, I love uh, Kiss's version of 2000 Man. Yeah. Love oh it. God, it's like too. one of my the favorite video, songs. The video on the almost stupid page. Oh, that's how it's too. Yeah, great video. Yeah, that, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I believe that is oh, my most... Look most viewed video on the almost human oh it's fucking brilliant yeah i I love i love this i didn't like like y'all i didn't i mean in particular back in 1979 as a kid i didn't know the the you know i never heard the the stones version and um yeah so anyways i love it you know and when i was a little kid another funny thing side note i when i bought dynasty and i saw 2000 man and said jackers and richard i was like Man, how cool. Jaggers and Richard wrote a song for Ace. I had no idea it was a Rolling Stone song. I thought that was actually a song they wrote for Ace Frehley. That's how, yeah, I was a little kid. I was 14. What do you, what do you want? What do you want from me? But yeah, and then when I found out, and then when I heard, I was like, dude, this is horrible. Yeah, and it makes, it makes you wonder why he picked that song even. I know, but he fucking amped it up, though. To me, he it made, up, he, heavied it up. Exactly. He heavied it up and he made it his own. He really did, because it doesn't sound like the same fucking song. It just no, doesn't. It that, only that, has the same lyrics. That's it. That I will agree with. That I will agree with. You know, yeah. he added uh, the chord structure that was different and electric guitars. You know, it's like, I love it, man. I love fucking 2000. Yeah, but to, to me, compared to uh, Save Your Love and... Uh, what, what was the other uh, one? Hard times. Hard Times, which yeah. I love both. I love both those with a passion, but I'll tell you this. I would say Hard Times is a little better than 2000 Man, but I think 2000 Man is a little bit better than Save Your Love, uh, but all three of them I love. See, I, I, I love both those, uh, the other ones, way better than 2000 Man. But even 2000 Man is better than any of the songs on fucking uh, Unmatched. Yeah, <laughs> uh, City. Yeah, no, no, Naked no, no, City. I'm, no, I'm, I'm talking about the Ace songs. I oh, wait, my bad, my bad. You're right, you're right. Oh, God, you're so right, brother. I, right. I, I think that's the, the worst Ace has ever done. If you add up all his solo career, the worst Ace songs I ever heard are the ones on uh, Unmasked. And I have to agree with you, especially Two Sides of the Corn. Yeah. Ooh, that's hey, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast uh, episode of Unmasked. Uh, y'all check that out. People listening there, you got that. It's that's right. pretty incredible. Go yeah. back and check it out. Yeah. Now I love. I lo- you know what I love about that episode is because Bill Wang's on it. Hell yeah! <laughs> is that why I brought it up? Oh, that's I the, oh, oh, that's right. Oh, you. you oh yeah, that's right. I didn't that's know that's right. why you brought I it just, up. Oh my god! I smoked so much pot. I just just realized that. Yeah, it's Crazy. great. It's a great episode. Yeah. Because uh, of Bill Wang, not Lee Gertzman, yeah. Bill Wang. And then you had that 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 cool. <laughs> like, 
Yes. That's when AJ Perro, you know, you, you had the, right. the reference, uh, the segment of when he died, you guys had, you know, that. you know, Bill, you anyway. know, you know, this podcast way better than I do. Because <laughs> uh, I've been on like, I don't know, this is, if there was, episode. if there was a rock and metal combat podcast trivia show, I'd lose. <laughs> I really would. Yeah. What is the episode <laughs> that had the AJ Perro uh, tribute? I would have been like, I know, I know you can't stop rock and roll, right? No. <laughs> you know, and Bill would be like, "Unmasked, baby, I was on it." Yeah, I, yeah. I'll I'll never forget the unmasked episode because I always remember uh, Wang returning the check saying you didn't sign it because he wanted money to review that album. <laughs> <laughs> but but I knew it'd be worth it, so I so I paid him. I paid him. That's why I love you, Wadzilla. See you in November. Bam. Bam. Checks in the mail. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, uh, so we all talked about Street Fighting Man, correct? Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's go on to the next one, and here's something we might as well talk about and get into. is about how this album even came about. And this wasn't something that, you know, where Ace is like, oh, I got to do this. This was pushed upon him by the record label because what they wanted to do is they signed Ace uh, a couple months prior to the, uh, or right around the time of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. And they wanted... Uh, an Ace product to put out right around that time when Kiss would be, you know, on all, you know, all the news feeds and everything, and there would be hoopla surrounding Ace. So they're like, we know how long Ace takes to make records. Let's knock out a, a, a covers album because he can do that in no time. But they were surprised at how quickly he did Space Invader compared to all his other solo shit. So Space Invader came out first, but still, this was in his contract. And a lot of other people had input on what was actually picked. And this song is one of them. This song was picked by his bass player, uh, Chris Weiss, I believe is his name. And uh, Guy from the Cold, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I saw New York open for Dave Lombardo's film. Was that the name of the oh, band? Film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he had a band, he has a band called Owl. And huh. and I didn't know that was him. It, what happened was it was... Um, on stage while they were playing, I'm watching this band, and I was I'm thinking they're fucking good, you know. It's like good rocking band, and I, this is when we were on tour last time. This was in New York City, and uh, I'm watching this band play, and I'm like, dude, this shit's good. And then when they were introducing the band, he goes, oh, and I'm bass, formerly of of uh, the Cult, and now with Ace Fraley, Chris, whatever, you know. I'm like, whoa, that guy's in Ace Fraley's band. And then I talked to him after the show. I go. Were you on Space Invader? He goes, yeah. Dude, I love that. You know, I got a picture with them. I bought the Owl CD. And uh, I really dig that Owl, man. They were fucking awesome. So, yeah, that's just all That's all I wanted to say. Right. Well, well, he picked this song. You know, they threw around, you know, doing doing the Hendrix cover. And uh, this was his pick. Now, this is one, if you can consider any Hendrix song a, a deep cut. I mean, because, I mean, the catalog of what he made while he was alive is so small Every song's got heard a million times, but this is one you don't hear every day. And I think Ace is amazing on this. And this is also the first one on the album to have a guest. This has John Five. Now, the one thing I was a little disappointed about, though, is when I hear an Ace album, I don't want to hear anybody else on guitar than Ace because I love his playing so much. I would rather him do both, like, the rhythm track and the lead track. I, I want everything to be ace but uh man I, I can't bitch about it here they they both do a fine job 
and he sings it great. I, you know, like the joke with uh, Ace, you know, he always enunciates the shit out of everything, and he does it perfect on here. It sounds like he's having fun. I, I mean, it just, you can feel the fucking joy in this. He's not hung over. This is just him having fun in the studio, and it really comes across uh, one of the better, uh, better tracks in this album. I love Spanish Castle. Uh, and Ralph, you say you want to go next. So you talk. Yeah, I do too. Um, kind of a deep track, but fuck, it's like a song that I had always put it up as one of Hendrix's heaviest tracks. Definitely the heaviest track on Axis, I would say, along with Six Was Nine. But I think it's even heavier than that. Not the first person to release it in the metal hard rock world. Ingve Malmsteen. Uh, released a version of this one is live in Moscow album with Jolyn Turner. Yes. Um, yeah, an amazing song. Again, Ace does a great job. Does his soloing, and you know he's a big, uh, huge Hendrix fan. I mean, you know, you got to remember. Remember back in the '80s, he would wear that Hendrix shirt, that psychedelic right. Hendrix shirt live uh, on Anomaly. He has that song called Foxy and Free. Which is a total nod. It's a total fucking Hendrix Worship song. And, um... Yeah, so I, I know... You know, I'm glad he did this instead of Foxy Lady. You know, because you'd figure that would be the one he'd do. Because that's more Ace Frehley. Yeah, Foxy Lady or... Uh, what else? I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else. All along the Watchtower or something. Or Voodoo Child or some shit like that. The predictable one. The predictable yeah, one. so, you know, and this... And this is a song, and I always, I always did think this. I go, man, Spanish Castle Magic is a song that would do so well on classic rock radio. You know, it does have all the elements, but yet, for some reason, it's not. You know, and so I'm glad that Ace did it, and maybe, hopefully, it'll wake up some people that aren't aware how fucking amazing this man is. That he only released three official albums while he was alive. Studio albums. I mean, yeah. After he died, he kept releasing. He's like Tupac, you know. But but while he was alive, he only released three albums, three stellar albums. That I think everybody should fucking give it a chance and, and buy it, you know. Just and hopefully this, you know, when people hear this, especially like you know Ace fans, they'll be like, "Fuck, man, I gotta look into this Hendrix because all I know is, uh, you know, Purple Haze and Foxy Lady." My drummer in combat hates Jimmy Hendrix. And I was uh, like, fuck, dude. How can you hate that guy? With Mitch I, Mitchell? My, my, my girlfriend hates Jimi Hendrix, but she's not a musician. And I still don't understand, but how can any musician hate fucking Jimi Hendrix? That's, that baffles me. But, yeah, and, and my drummer likes Poison. Ooh. Yeah. He likes, well, he likes Ricky Rocket, but he doesn't like Mitch Mitchell. You can't deny, though, what an influence Ricky Rocket was on... Uh, on, on Cocksuckers. Yeah, there you go. Oh, well, uh, he's not a cocksucker. That, that I know of. No. <laughs> no he's a good cooler. guy. I'm just fucking with him. Or, or, or that you remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Who knows? Who knows with that guy? But uh, anyway, so, yeah, I love it. I, what, did you, what did you think, uh, Bill? Smash Castle Magic. Uh, yeah, um... Well, admittingly, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I am not a Jimmy Hendrix fan. I don't hate him like Ian Swoman, and uh, I don't hate him. Um, I just never really, I mean, 
I would say oh, it was before my time, but I love the Kings, the Stones, the Who, you know, um, you know, from before my time, as it were. But yeah, I've never been a Hendrix fan. But this song, I really, really dig, man. And and like to, to piggyback on what both of y'all just said. I mean, it was a song that you, you know, it wasn't a predictable song. And if if I had a, a, a two handfuls of songs that I really like. This is one of them. I really like it. I love, it. and I love Ace's interpretation of the song. And John Five and Ace kill it together. And in this particular occasion, I mean, I agree with Godzilla 100. percent But you know, if you hear a fucking song Ace on playing guitar, you want to hear Ace. But if you're going to add somebody else, it would be a contemporary shredder and extraordinaire who I fucking fully totally love, John Five. I think he did a fantastic job together, and. Uh, I think they kill it. I think it's a really interesting uh, song interpretation. I'll give it four out of five from the scale. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you, Bill. Did you know this song before you heard it? Yeah. Version? Yeah. No, I certainly did. Yeah, okay, I did. Okay. My dad was in Vietnam, and to get on that. But yeah, my I heard the. the yeah. I, I mean, did I have it on CD? No. No. I've never owned this uh, Jimi Hendrix CD. I'm not gonna lie. I've just, I just never really got into it. But no, I was aware of the song previously to doing this uh, review. So yes, I was aware of the song, and uh, I compared it. Like yesterday, I listened to all, all these songs from the original artist, just to get a, you know, just a, a comparison and whatnot. And you know, like I said previously, you know, these bands I don't really like, but yes, I'm aware of the song, and I think it's a really cool song. That's why I gave it four out of five. So yeah, yeah, I heard it previously. Very, very cool. All right, uh, I'll take the next one. Let me grab the CD here. Uh, the next one is uh, Fire and Water. Um, I got to be honest with you. I am beyond shocked how good Paul Stanley sings on this. Um, I don't know if it's Studio Magic or what have you, but I think his voice sounds even better than it has on Monster and Sonic Boom, where his voice pretty much was shot, though. Again, those two albums, you know, you can hear his voice shot, but then at parts you can hear a little bit of studio magic. Where if Paul Stanley got his voice back, there's no studio magic. I mean, he does some great, great singing on this song. Very, very surprised. Not a bad company fan, so I don't know this song. First time I ever heard it, I still haven't heard the bad company version. Well, it's by Free, not Bad Company. Okay, there you go. That shows you how much I know. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love the song. The video's cool. They released a video for it where Paul and Ace are uh, in the video together. And um, it's catchy. It's real catchy. Should it have been the first single? No. But, it's, but you know, you have the whole, you know, uh, Paul Stanley thing, uh, joining Kiss. So, you know, I love it. What do you think, Bill? Oh. Ace and Paul back together it reminds me of how amazing they work together. Um, and I, I, I haven't said this previously, but I love the drum sound. Paul sounds amazing. Just, and I knew you, you were talking about Dolan before each other come up with the same answer. Uh, Ace, uh, Paul sounds amazing. I mean, I mean you listen to the, the latest stuff, and you, just, you just cry. But yeah, he sounds amazing. And you know, studio mystery, the uh, capability of enhancing it, you know. And in particular, I just I felt like a kid again, and very happy after all the bullshit that went down with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 
Paul Stanley's book, calling Ace a Nazi. The last thing in a million years I ever thought would those guys get together and record a song. And that video, like you said, uh, Dr. Fuck, it's like when I saw them shaking hands in the beginning, and you know, I... I probably shouldn't, but I felt warm and fuzzy between my thighs, and you know, and and in that, you know, being the kiss deep guy, you know, I mean, it's 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 one of my two favorite songs on the record. And I get a five out of five chopsticks, two egg rolls, bam, Billy D. All right, um, <laughs> all right, I, I, good I guess, response. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's because I'm gonna disagree with you guys. I I really think uh-huh. this was the. Uh, the drop the ball moment for the album. And th- there's two tracks that got everybody's excitement, you know, about this album. And they're both Kiss related. And, and this is the first one. And I think if you really wanted to push this album, they would have picked uh, a known song. This this is the rare time where I'd say, do a known song and not a, a deep cut. Because first of all, I just don't think it's that great a song. And it's off the same album as All Right Now. I think if they would have done All Right Now, it would have got a little bit more radio play. I would have been pissed. I hate that song. Well, see, I, I, I like that song. I mean, I, I'm burned out on it, but I like the song. But I think if they would have done something that everybody knows, I, I think they could have got not just the hardcore fans' attention, but other people's as well. And I think by doing this song, all, all they're going to get it is the hardcore people. Uh, Paul does sound good, whether it's uh, studio magic or not, I don't know, but he doesn't sound bad. I, I think Paul's actually inspired here, because I really think Paul's probably just tired of fucking Kiss. I think he's probably tired of doing all this shit, but it pays the bills. You can see, like, he's doing this, uh, you know, the 60s Motown rhythm and blues shit. I think he's probably more excited about that. And this was something out of the wheelhouse for him, so I think that could have inspired the performance, too. Because it was just so different, but uh, do you I, guys I, do you guys think this is gonna probably bring Ace back and Kiss? No, really? No, no, no. I don't either. Uh, you know what? I kind of, I kind of. Well, I guess Gina thinks so, but I don't. I uh, I'm with Gina. I I guess it's also wishful thinking because I don't know, yeah. man. Ace is talking about going back to Kiss lately, and you know the the whole Tommy Thayer thing is really not working. It's just not, you know. Well, people... I, I think the thing is, though, with Tommy, though, is Tommy is so easy and low maintenance for him. They know they can depend on him. Uh, they know he's going to be there every night. They don't have to worry about this shit. He knows all the music. So they can just go out, do their thing, and no headaches. Now, Ace saying he's been sober for 10 years, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's telling the truth, but Ace is still always a wild card. And I think at this stage in their career... Uh, they just really don't want to take a chance again. Well, this is this is my take on it. I think they would take the chance because I think Kiss is Kiss already think, is looking at the writing on the wall. We're, we only got a few years left. They can't. They. I mean, come right. on. How much longer can they do this? They're in their sixties, right? Right. Yeah. And if you see the the dates for the new tour they're doing, it's it's pathetic. I mean, they're just doing that to save face to say we sold out, but it's easy to sell out if you're playing a fucking IHOP, you know, in uh, Boise, Idaho, you know. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. So, that's why I think they probably bring, and you know Kiss, dude, they're they're infamous of pride. Fuck that. I'd rather have money than pride. You know? Right. And, but, uh, and if they, you bring Ace in, because, dude, look look at it this way, dude. 
How well did this album do? Uh, not as well as Space Invaders. No, but it did well. Uh, Didn't it? Yeah, Number 23. Right, yes and that's, no. But... That's good, though. Yeah, but, but here's here's the thing you've got to look at, though. You have to put that in today's perspective. What is a number 23 album on the charts now would be like 178 fucking 15 years ago. Well, like, I, mean, I mean, but, but but okay, I understand that, but it's a covers album. You know right. what I mean? I think right. an original album would do way better. Right, and, and if you listen to the interview, he says that's what he's working on now because they asked him... It says volume one, will there be a volume two? And he was very blunt about it. He says, if this does good, yeah. But he goes, right now I'm working on an all new original album, which I think is great. And even though I, there's stuff I loved on Space Invader and stuff I was like, eh, but I always want new music rather than, than covers. But anything Ace, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy. Yeah, I, I love Space Invader. I think it's the best thing he's done since the 78 album. Uh, I, st- I still think that. And I and that I love Fraley's comment, the, the debut, bro. I love Fraley's comment, Bill, but I like Space Invader more. Wow. Yeah, okay. but I love. Let me tell you something. Listen to the review. I fucking the only thing I don't like about Fraley's comment was dolls. The rest of it, I right. fucking adored. I adore that. No, I know you album. do. I'm just surprised that you would think that that was better. Yeah, but, yeah. Know. I think Space Invader is ma- mainly because I like the songs more. And I like the guitar playing so much on that album. That, to yeah. me, that, that's the best thing he's done solo-wise since the 78 solo album. And, you know, but, dude, if we, if we want to talk about guitar playing, Stranger in a Strange Land, Breakout, right. you know, fucking Rock Soldier, uh, right. Love Me Right, he kicked ass. Something moved. Yep. He was amazing on Freddy's comment. I like, I like fucking, um, I like... Uh, Space Invader, a little bit more than than uh, Fredrick's comment. I would like it the size of one of Gene Simmons' real hair on his head. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Not that, many of those. It's that close. I find them That's almost. I find close. them almost tied. I find them almost tied, and then I put Trouble Walking right after that. You know, but I love it. I do love. Uh, Fraley's comment. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great album. I know you do, bro. I know you do. I wasn't. I was just saying. I was surprised you thought Space Invader was better than yeah, that. But no, I, 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 I a lot it. of people have agreed. I'm just, you know. And I heard a Rolling Rock popped in the background, by the way. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say about this song before we move on, though, is uh, the video. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was great to see like what better actors they've evolved into since Kiss Meets the Fam of the Park. Oh, yeah. I feel like they're buddies. (laughs) Holy shit. That beginning intro looks like they tried it like fucking five times and just said fuck it. You know? It's like the the awkward fist bump. You know, I can just imagine what like I would love to see the outtakes of that. I'd be like Ace Fraley by Arch (laughs) (laughs) Demethon. And it'd be like Ah! Paul Stanley, yo queen. You know, I, I can just picture all this shit before they got the awkward take that they took you know uh oh god it, it was so bad but it was cute and it was heartwarming at the same time but- and to be a kiss fan and to see like that opening of the song where you see the fractured guitar next to the fucking uh oh the fractured goodness. glass guitar right next yeah. to the les paul it gives me chills and then at yeah, me too, the, that's me too. my favorite part of the video is that and the very end where he flicks the pick 
And it says Paul Stanley, then it turns around and says Ace Frehley. I love yeah. that, dude. I thought that shit was cool. Yeah. And as fake as it may be, it was oh, still wow. great seeing Paul and Ace, especially with all the bullshit that's been going on, especially Paul's book calling him an anti-Semite, and Ace Frehley fighting him back in the press, saying, yeah, my, 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 uh, my fiance is Jewish. You know, and, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. You know, and, you know, and, and Ace Frehley even said to the press, Paul Stanley can't sing anymore. You know? Right, I remember that. So it, was, it got nasty there, you know? And uh, for, you know, Paul to agree to do this and and kick ass while doing it. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't have expected Gene to do it. You know, when he first started talking yeah. about asking Gene, he's like, I can see Gene doing this. Because I think Gene would want... You know, out of the two of them, I think Gene would want him back just for a money aspect. Yeah. You know, and I can see him being on the album, but to be to Paul actually be the one, it was surprising. But what pissed oh. me off though is, uh, you know, that, that they edited Peter Chris out of the video because if you see the young, the edited version, when they walk up, they both hand their keys to, to Peter Chris <laughs> to park their car. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, ouch. Peter gets no respect. You know. No, By the way, always ripping on Peter Chris. By the way, I just bought a Peter Chris shirt. It's a nice shot from '78. Him singing and the and it's a, it's a shot you all seen. It's a shot in the Alive Two book. When you open it up, it's a shot where he's singing. You see that gold cross that he's wearing. Yeah, I got yeah. a shirt like that. I just ordered it and. It's a black and white picture, but the cross is gold in the in the shirt. I'm like, oh yeah, I must own this. Man, I, I, fuck. I bought a Peter Chris shirt and it fucking faded the first time I washed it. And he blamed. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. And, 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 he, and he blamed Paul and Gene. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but but he was right. It was Paul and Gene. <laughs> fucking detergent motherfuckers. Anyway, I, um, <laughs> poor 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 Peter. But God bless Peter Chris. He is wealthy he still he, he was wise with his money with the reunion shit he's living large and you got to give it to him unlike uh yep. and you know unlike unlike tommy thayer you know no actually believe it or not tommy thayer owns a two thousand two million dollar house did you get up did you guys know this yeah i knew that ain't that sad yeah, it sucks. I'm, I'm going to go burn it down. Yeah, but if you read the fine print, that's not really his house. It's Gene's. He just manages the property. Oh, damn. I, 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 I don't think it's actually his house. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric Singer's a bitch. I, I don't even think yeah, they... Yeah. I don't even think they pay Tommy Thayer. I think they just give him free kiss merch. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they pay him in fucking, uh, you know... Uh, little dolls and shit, you know? I don't think he gets actual money. Bill, uh, hey, but... just real fast. Hold on, no, 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 no. Just to piggyback on what uh, the god of Wad Wazilla just said about making money and whatnot. A lot of people don't know this, but Paul and Gene bought the rights of the Vixen uh, back catalog in 1992. So in actuality, Tony Thayer makes royalty. He gets royalty money from all his Vixen albums in the past. And Gene and Paul actually signed the checks over the royalty team. So, a little known fact. So, Tony Thayer still makes money from the edge of a bro broken dream. Oh, section. wow. He so, was invicted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is inside for information. You know, I don't want to divulge hey, the person hey, who told me about this. But. Don't post that on Facebook or you'll get banned again. Yeah, don't do that. I know, I know. But, you know, just, well, I you think know, that's why he was about. banned. <laughs> 
kind of imposed it, but hey, you know. Hey, Please. Bill, so you're not a fan of black and blue, I take it. Um, God, publicly, I, I don't even want to say something because it would be against me. Um, no, I'm not, but um, for me to sit here and be two-faced and say that I didn't listen to that Kiss set in my Toyota truck back in 1986, I used to listen to that, that cassette. Um, Which one? The first one? Uh, uh, nasty, nasty. Okay, that's a later one, which is not bad, yeah, but yeah. the yeah, first well, one I love. I can sit here and lie and say I never. Yeah, I, back then as a kid, young, you know, I listened to it. Did I ever listen to it after? No, but there was a, a two month period of my life that I did listen to that album, you know, and it sucks. I had to, you know, discover no, no. religion. I, 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 I got to admit, and you know, and I know Bill ain't a fan of my view on this but you know i like monster i did like that album and and the reason i did like it because well two reasons one i did like the songs but i liked that tommy thayer stopped playing ace Frehley type guitar solos which he was doing on sonic boom it was pissing me the fuck off but luckily the songs in sonic boom were pure shit that i couldn't say well the songs are good but i hate his ace Frehley type solos where the monster i like the songs and I, I didn't, well, I admit the solos aren't memorable. I mean, I can't hum you a solo on any any song on, on Monster because uh, he's not an Ace Frehley. And when he was trying to be Ace Frehley, he still couldn't do the memorable solos. He was just copying them, you know? Right. But I am a huge fan of the very first Black and Blue album. I was way back when it came out. I bought it on vinyl. Uh, when I heard the song Chains Around Heaven... I was hooked, and I love Show Me the Night. I think that's a great fucking album, uh, Auto Blast. Second album was very poppy, but it had its moments. Third album, I don't know if it was Nasty, Nasty, or Heat. I have those both. But they they're, they all have their moments, but that first album I love. And it's Tommy Thayer. It's not fake Fraley. It's not a guy pretending to be somebody else. He was himself back then. Well, I'll have to go back and check those out because there's a lot of shit you have turned me on to. But at the time when Black and Blue came out, I was listening to, like, much harder stuff like Warren. You know? Yeah, but, you know, you being cock rock, I think you would definitely like Because well, Black I, I, and Blue has a lot of cock rock elements. It's right up his alley. I'm shocked he doesn't like that well, Mr. Winger Warren uh, bang tango. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't mind that, uh, that hold on to 18. I don't think it's, like super great but i think i think it's that that's that's the song that everybody loves and it's on the first album it's really not a song that does anything for me but i don't think it's bad but it's the biggest hit they ever had but i'll tell you one that's kind of similar to that at least i think maybe i'm wrong on this but one that you really liked that uh i tried to get into based on your recommendation was fucking Keel. And I, I just kind of see yeah. Black and Blue like Keel. And man, I could no. not get into any of that Keel. No, shit. no, no, no. Keel and Black and Blue are two totally different animals. Because you see, the, the Ron Keel thing really focused on his vocals. And, and not a lot of people can get into Keel's vocals. Where Jamie St. Jane did not have that screechy. He had a nice voice. It was a pleasant voice. And some of those songs, man, I mean, listen to Auto Blast. Listen to Chains Around Heaven, I'm the King, or Show Me the Night. Dude, There's, I, I really doubt you'd hear those songs and think, they suck. They're great, structured, hard rock songs that later would I'm be called... I'm going to listen to them later, rock. man. Listen Not to the first time. album. Give the first album another chance. 
Yeah, Hold On to 18 is like the one song on there that I'm like, eh. But they do a cover of Action from the suite. And I think it's good. It's not as good as the sweet version, but I think it's good. I think you guys should give, but you know, I mean, you got to look at it as Tommy Thayer is not in Kiss. Because if you look at it that way, it might taint your judgment. You know, and, I, and it has, Doctor Fuck, and it has. That's why I can't like you're all. You're always propping up Monster, blah blah blah. I think I just can't get over the scab infiltration factor. I, so I, I, I even if it. it even if it was great, I mean, I'm admitting here publicly of thousands of all over the world. I admit it, okay? I totally admit it. I have a preconceived notion that I'm programmed to fucking despise and hate anything Tony Thayer had anything to do, and in particular in Kiss. But no, I admit it. I, yeah, I, I, there's a couple of those Black and Blue songs back in the day when I was, you know, late teens, early 20s. I like so, but yeah, man, I'm not going to Well, well can, can you at least, can you at least give Tony Thayer a little credit and and appreciate that he did get Peter Chris and Ace Frehley quality pasta after their show? No, because it was always fucking cold. <laughs> and, and, and no matter what he did, Peter Chris complained. But, <laughs> it was always fucking cold. But, uh... <laughs> he couldn't even do that right. And, and something I will say in Wang's defense... <laughs> I, I totally get where he's coming from because I've had so many people uh, ask me, and, you know, and including you, Ralph. I mean, everybody knows my legendary hatred for Sammy Hagar, but like, you ever listen to the first fucking Montrose? And I've tried. I, you know, I even downloaded. You know, I was like, well, let me check it out. But even though it doesn't sound like fucking horrible Van Hagar, the minute I hear that voice, I, I just, I, I can't even open myself up to it. Like, it might be some really good rock and roll, but that voice right away and so i can see where wang's coming from you know uh, a perfect analogy i could agree with more because that first mantra is fucking rules and you listening to it and you know having diarrhea as soon as you hear it it's the same fucking thing it's like you just can't get over it like, i don't give a fuck if everybody likes this it sucks because it's right. you know the, the and i think Thayer, blah, blah, blah. i think the reason i love that first mantra because i heard it before he was in van hagar Right. No, and I, I get that. I understand that. But I will tell you we, this. We heard it the same exact era, Bob. So, but, yeah, I'm yeah, with you. But I will tell you this, Bill, and this is the, the God's honest truth. I really do mean this. When I heard him do heavy metal, I was like, this is garbage. This ain't heavy metal to me. When I heard there's only one way to rock, I was like, this is fucking garbage. When I heard uh, you can't drive 55, everything I heard Sammy Hagar do outside of Montrose before he was in Van Hagar, I was like, right. I can't get into this. Then when he joined Van Halen, I'll be honest with you, I was like, oh, well, maybe this will be good because maybe it'll be kind of like Montrose-ish, you know? And the first song I heard was Why Can't This Be Love? Right there. I was like, uh-oh, you know? <laughs> and and I didn't buy the album, though my friend had it. I borrowed it, and I put it on a cassette, and I listened to it. I went to go see the 5150 tour because my buddy bought a ticket for his girlfriend, his girlfriend was sick. He asked me, dude, go to... And I thought to myself, all right, number one, I'll see... Because I already heard 5150, hated it. I go, number one, I'll get to see Eddie do Eruption. And number two, I'll get to see Bachman Turner Overdrive. You know, because they were opening. Okay, I'll go. You know? But it was terrible. It was a terrible show. I thought live they were fucking... People, when people that do not like Van Hagar, but they say, well... I like 5150 though. 
It's like, yeah. I'm sorry, but no. I thought the tour, because you got to remember, I've been seeing Van Halen since Women and Children First. I saw Women and Children First, Fair Warning, Diver Down, 84, and then 5150. And I was like, fuck this noise. This is not Van Halen. Ian, Ian, this is fucking this is garbage. What, Ian, Ian, this is what we say we hate Ralph when he says he saw all those tours. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, in all fairness, come on. you, you I saw 37 Sammy Hagar ticket stubs in your collection. So. Uh, you know uh, You know what? That's so <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. You know, uh, let's I, not talk I, about I, I know you were forced by gunpoint, so I give you carte blanche. I, I, I give you a pass. I know you never in your right mind would go... If there wasn't a gun at your head, I know this. Is it true that or the gun, the, the, or, 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 or an eight ball in the bathroom? Anyways, yeah. bam. Is it is it true the guy pointing that gun in your head was Tommy Thayer? I'm sorry, Tony Thayer. Exactly. Uh, you know what? I was so uh, snow blind. I don't even remember. So I don't know. But, you couldn't uh, see you a know. thing, huh? You know what? I hate the fact that fucking Ian saw my ticket books. I'm never gonna fucking. <laughs> oh man, yeah. really, Ian? You saw a bunch yeah, of Sammy Hagar man. tickets? He was fucking. He kept pointing. He's like, oh, Sammy Hagar. Oh, fifty-one fifty. Oh, well, the funny thing I didn't even have to say anything. Wang knew because he he handed me the books and I'm looking through them and he saw me look up and it was like that old '70s commercial with the Indian where you see one two. Right <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like. He's like it's like, oh, you saw that. And I was like, I didn't even say anything. You know, I just, I, uh, you know. I, I fucking, I mean, he was crying. I hugged him. I even kissed him on the cheek. He still said, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Anyways, but then yeah, he, was... he explained the whole gun to his head. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I get that. But, okay. you know, we're, we're all guilty of shit. You know, Ralph, you saw him twice. Uh, yes. And, and I admit it on here. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm not the only one. That, yes. no, 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 I admit it here. I kept buying up to that horrible live album, hoping something would Yeah, that, that freaks me out. When I heard you tell me that you bought OU812, fuck, and 5150, I was taken aback by it. I was like, whoa, 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 what? Because I, I really thought you were like me. You hated it all along. Well, well here's, here's the thing. It's like... You know, I, I thought it was a bad fit from the start, but I just loved Van Halen so much. I thought maybe this time they'll get it right. And I'll never forget the moment when, it, seriously, it was like 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 a breakdown, like I snapped. I remember leaving the mall uh, after getting that horrible live album with the fucking horrible cover. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they were playing, I forget what it was, but it was like a real Van Halen song. Uh, Unchained, maybe. Uh, no, I don't think it was. A, it might have been Run With The Devil. But I, like, like something inside me just snapped and and i was just like fuck this is never gonna unfuck itself this is fucking horrible this is a fucking just like the world is so wrong right now you know like everything you know it's like this will never fix itself and I, and and then it just became like oh like my my arch fucking nemesis well okay well let me explain why i saw van halen twice van hagar twice first time i already explained the second time was the Monsters of Rock tour. And I will tell you this. It was... That was awesome. Yeah, it was Van Halen, Scorpions, Metallica, Dokken, and Kingdom Come. I was all the way up front. I was all the way up front for Kingdom Come because I wanted to see Metallica. Uh, I watched Kingdom Come get pelted. Um, <laughs> and I watched Metallica. First time I was ever in a pit. I was like forced into a pit and actually ended up liking it and became big mosher after that. Dokken came out. They were kind of shitty, but I love Dokken, and I stayed up there to see Dokken. But yeah, 
They were going through the motions. They were breaking up at the time. Scorpions came out, and like always, they delivered. After the Scorpions were done, I went to the show with a friend in his car. Now, I didn't know where he was. This is before cell phones. So I went to the nosebleeds during Van Hagar because I had no interest. I'm not going to stand up for this shit. I went all the way up there, put my feet up, watched it on the big screen because I had two big screens on the side stage. All I remember was it was horrific. It was even worse than 5150 show if that was even possible. And they played Running With The Devil. And I remember when they played that song, I was like, oh no, what the fuck is this shit? And uh, yeah, that's... And then after that, the fuck show, I didn't see. Uh, Balance, I didn't see. I didn't see three, which blow me. And also, when they reunited, as Ruben De La Rosa is my witness, I was offered a free ticket to see he the band. that guy. Yeah, I know. I love him. As uh, I <laughs> fucking, I had a free ticket to see the reunion at uh, the Bank Atlantic Center, and I refused. A free ticket. And I said, no thank you. Because I'm not going to subject myself to Van Hagar ever again. So, the reason I saw Van Hagar twice, you got to understand, the first time was like, I love Eddie Van Halen. I want to see Eruption, and I want to see BTO. Only reason I went. And then the second time I already explained. So, none of those... I went as a, a fan of Van Hagar. Well, you know, and here's another you know, one. Ralph wasn't wearing a, a Van Hagar shirt at the show. Put a, you know, let's uh, just be honest. I never owned a Van Hagar shirt, ever. And, of course, I didn't mean And he, here's another funny fact. Luckily, I only had to see him once, and Ralph and I were both at the same show. It was the, uh, the Sam and Dave tour. Oh, yeah. And, and if you remember, when they were doing that, one night Dave would headline, the next night it would be Sammy. And I was so disappointed because if you if you went by how they were supposed to do it, Sammy was supposed to headline that night. And I remember when I'm passing through the gate, they took my ticket. I go, "Who's headline tonight?" The guy's like, "Dave." I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Because I, it, to me, it would kill me to see Dave have to open. Yeah. But then I then I thought, "Hey, well, I'll get out of here real early, and I won't be so hungover for work." But as it was, Sammy opened up, and I I refused to go. Uh, to, to go watch it. I stayed at the beer tent. But I knew the last two songs, Michael Anthony was coming out. So I said to myself, look, I'll never see Michael Anthony because I refuse to go see him without Dave. I'm like, I'm at least going to go just to see Michael Anthony on stage. And I stood there and flipped him off the whole time like, fuck you, you suck. And the, I'm fighting with these Hagar fans. And my girlfriend at the time is so pissed off because I'm on probation at the time for a fucking DeFi. And I was like, fuck you. And, and I'm sure I looked like a total idiot, but I was so wasted. Cause, you know, I drank a lot of beer waiting for this asshole to get off stage. But I'm like flexing my muscles like, what are you going to do? I'll fucking kill you, you know? And of course, of, of course these Jimmy Buffett fucks and their doctors didn't step to me. But exactly. I, I was so drunk, I probably, you know, <laughs> wouldn't have been able to do shit anyway. But yeah, <laughs> that's the only time I can say I ever saw that guy. And luckily it will be the only time. But ooh, what what a hack and what a fucking cheese ball. Man. Hey, hey, Ian, would you do me a favor? Yeah. When you put up this episode, can you put Ace Fraley Origin slash Fuck Sammy Hagar Part Two? Because <laughs> uh, we're I, spending I, we're spending just as much time on Sammy Hagar than Ace, and you know what? I love it. <laughs> 
I know, but I can't spell fuck, so I'll just have to put for unlawful counterable knowledge of Van Hagar. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, we already gone to the number five song, Emerald. Right. But real fast, not to waste time, Dr. Fuck. You, know, you and me were at the Monsters of Rock show. Do you remember the song Van Hagar fucking opened up with? Uh, I, no, was it Only One Way to Rock? I don't remember. No, it was Summer Nights. I uh, wanted to go in the bathroom and do the biggest rope ever so I would die. Oh, my God. That song, Summer and, Nights. You know, and, ah! and, and, you know, and uh, have you heard this argument from people to keep on the Sammy Hagar uh, topic? Have you ever heard the topic from people going, Nah, but Summer Nights is like David Lee Roth era Van Halen. And I was like, are you fucking high? There's nothing, there's nothing fucking David Lee Roth about Summer Nights. I know, I, there, there, I, I've heard the rumor that that song was written with Dave in the band. Dave never got around to writing lyrics, but Dave knew the music to that song. But let me tell you something, if Dave would have sang on that song, I wouldn't have liked it. I'm sorry. I don't like the music on Summer Nights. I just don't. Nope. But that was the opening song. It's like, oh, and I know it's trying to be funny. I went to the bathroom and killed myself. But I, I remember looking at my, my little buddies in the very, very early 20s at the time. I remember going, really? You're going to open up with that? After I saw Metallica basically in Dawkins' uh, yes. uh, career. Oh, right? big time. Right? Yeah, big time. Yeah, That's yeah, why I think that we're going through the motions that night because... After seeing Metallica completely destroy, Dawkins didn't yeah. have a chance. <laughs> right, right, and then the Scorpions come on in their turbo outfits for a uh, That's that uh, is true. That, that yeah, that, that that yeah, the 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 what the shit they were wearing was pathetic. I know, I know. So yeah, so then you get to the time where they open up with Summer Nights, and I kid you not, I I, I swear to God, I remember going. Really, we've been here all day long. We left. Well, we left. I, yeah, we left. I, I heard on, on the on the balance tour that hooting the blowfish ended Van Hagar's career because they blew him off stage. <laughs> <laughs> true story. Hey, Ouch. Yeah, yo, true story. Ouch. Ouch. Exactly. All right. So, what song we at now? <laughs> Emerald. Emerald number number five. All right, Emerald. Uh, let me take this for a second. Number one, I'm a huge fan of this song. I'm a huge fan of Thin Lizzy. I'm so glad he did this instead of Boys Are Back in Town or Jailbreak, which has been done to death by everybody. Um, and, and it's the only two songs you hear on the radio. I commend Ace Frehley doing Emerald because, and, and you know, and I know this is going to sound great, crazy, but Emerald is not one of my favorite Thin Lizzy songs. I love the song, but I can name you 20 I like more. But still, it doesn't take away the fact that I love Emerald. And the main thing I love about this song is that Ace did it. And uh, Slash's guitar playing on here, I don't know if it was on purpose, but god damn, Ace fairly destroys him. Because Slash really plays really bad on it. And I think he's doing it on purpose. I mean, did you did you guys listen closely and hear these mistakes Slash was making? Like, he does it like two, three times while they're trading guitar solos back and forth. You guys didn't hear it? Nah. No, yeah. I heard it. no, but isn't that his demo? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, and then... But yes, I heard, to answer your question, yes, I did. Absolutely, Dad. I've heard this album more, you know, the last couple of days. And yeah, but I heard yeah. it, yeah. But I yeah, thought that I... was kind of the beauty of it, actually. Well, I guess so, you know, because Slash played extra sloppy, 
Because I don't think Slash is a bad guitar player, especially in the studio. Yeah, he gets sloppy lives. I mean, I don't know about lately, because the last time I saw Slash was opening for Ozzy Osbourne, 2011, and I ended up walking out. I couldn't take it anymore. I had front row for that shit. And oh, wow. uh, I couldn't take it. And I, he was doing G&R songs and everything, but I just couldn't take it. There's something about Slash Live. He does nothing for me. But, you know, I love Appetite. I love some of that Illusions guitar work. I don't think he's a bad player as far as studio goes, but man, on this song, I was kind of surprised how he just let this stay on here. I, I just thought on on his part, it was, maybe he's thinking, well, you know, since Ace is sloppy, let me be sloppy too. But Ace wasn't sloppy on the song. I think Ace played good and, and uh, upstage Slash. What do you guys think? Uh, you want me to take it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, I was glad you said what you said about Emerald because I kind of have that feeling too. It's not one of my favorite uh, Lizzie songs. You know, I don't hate it by any means, but it, to me, it's it gets all this high praise. But yeah, it is very respected right, as, right. as a Thin Lizzie classic. That is true. And it's just it's not one of my favorites. But I thought now here's where I was really surprised. I mean, first of all, I was surprised that he did a Thin Lizzie song even to begin with, but then to do Emerald, I was like, whoa, you know, this is, you know, because the first thing I thought, well, you got to have twin guitar, you know, you know, do Lizzie properly, and then to get Slash, I was like, whoa, uh, but I got to say, I like this version better than the demo of it, because in the demo, you can hear, like, Slash actually stops at one point and says, Izzy, what do I play after this, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he has to talk through it, but uh, wow. I, I think it's a damn fine version, and who I was surprised didn't like it, but in a way it made perfect sense with Stephen Kirsch, who was like, you know, the biggest Thin Lizzy fan in the fucking world. And he hated it at first. But I could see, you know, if that's your favorite band, you're going to be extra judgmental. But I think they did a damn fine job and made me enjoy the song more than I did. Not saying it's better than Thin Lizzy, but it made me reevaluate the song and appreciate it more because I think Ace sounds great on it. And, um, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I got to say, before Bill, and I'll throw it to you, I got to say, I I agree with you, uh, Ian. He does a great job on Emerald. And as I said, it's not one of my favorite Delizzi songs, but I will say, maybe it's because I've lived with it for longer, but man, the Eli I love the Jailbreak version, but the Alive and Dangerous version of Emerald blows this away. You know, I mean, that to me, it can't be topped. You know, and, uh, and I'm not even the biggest fan of the song. But as, as well as Ace Frehley did the song, I don't think it topped the original. Uh, Bill? Um, oh, man. It's like, you know, uh, when we're listening to both you guys comment about it, I started thinking about what song I'd love them to do, Thin Lizzy, as would be Cold Sweat. Which Fuck yeah. Been when I was, yeah, when I was a kid. You know, we're, Ace Frehley was way, way older but, than but us. Bill, but, Bill, and uh. this is not a slag on Ace. Because you know I love Ace's playing. But Ace is not, I don't think he's technically proficient to do what I consider the greatest John Sykes solo. So maybe if he well, would have... Oh, yeah, you know I hear you, saying? but no, I, just, I was just trying to think in the context of... Song-wise, song-wise, without a solo, Cold Sweat would have been perfect for Ace. I know, I know, I know, I know. But as far as Emerald, <clears throat> I think Ace pays the song respect he kind of sticks to the original vibe of the song um 
adding elements of his own. Uh, I think it's an, it's an exciting song. It sounds really good sonically and everything. Slash and Ace, you know, Slash sounds, you know, is sloppy as fuck and everything. But I think that's kind of adds to the beauty of the song. I like this version. Um, I was excited to hear that he's paying respect to a, a band that's totally underrated. A band that, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I got into, not to sound like Eddie Trunk and Jim Florentine, but I got into Thin Lizzy way later in the game. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I got into Thin Lizzy when Cold Sweat was hot, you know, in the early 80s. So um, uh, I, I think it's a cool song. It's, I think it's a cool interpretation of the song. And I'm going to give it five out of five. I, really, I like it. I like it. So, well, there yeah. you go. I think it sounds I, organic and, and heavy. And yeah, I, like I will say the solos that Ace and Slash do back and forth, to me it sounds like one take. I don't think that shit, I think that shit was loose as fuck. It, yeah, that's what they said too, Ralph. Oh, they yeah, did? They they, yeah, it, you yeah. can tell. You can yeah. tell it's one take. One other right. thing I'd like to add is this finally, you know, once and for all settles the debate like you know is is ace a fucking nazi or is you know ace uh racist because he covered a song by an irish guy so uh yeah. so, so <laughs> an irish black yeah exactly. he's, he's on the level there <laughs> plus there my fiance is jewish <laughs> <laughs> all right uh the next one uh bill you take it bring it on home yeah, bring it on home. I, I think uh, Scott does a fantastic song. I think he fucking brings it. I think it's a great song. I think it sounds uh, uh, just... Uh, I think it's a really good song. I love it. Um, he adds something magical here. And he's almost channeling... The, the song almost channel, uh, channels uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. And uh, uh, I think uh, I think they knock it out of the park. I really love it. Uh, I give it four out of five. All right. Uh, well, Bill, I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit. Um, this, by the way, is my favorite. By far, by far, too. And I love Zeppelin, too. But by far, it's always been my favorite track on Zeppelin, too. I love Bring It On Home. Now, the thing that bothers me about the Ace version is the beginning. The rest I love. But I don't like... I just... I don't know. To me, I'm just so used to the original version. To hear it in an electric guitar version without the sound effects on the vocals, it just didn't... I was like, ah. And I tried. But then, what I love about this song, this version, is when it's done with that version, it doesn't go into... Ace does a little fucking guitar solo thing for a little bit there. And then goes into it. I love that. And then, when the band kicks in, I fucking adore what they do with Bring It On Home. They, they stay faithful to it. Great vocal. Who's the singer on this one? Uh, Scott, right? Is it the, the, the bass player, right? No, Scott's yeah, the drummer. Yeah, yeah. No, Scott's the drummer. Chris, oh, okay. my bad. You guys got the liner notes. I don't. Okay, yeah, I, I don't I don't have it in front of me. Well, either way, I, liked, I love the way the guy sings it. I love... Uh, I love everything after the intro. The intro is the only thing that bothers me about it. Uh, even, but you know, when the song kicks in and I love it, I adore it. Still, I'm biased with the Led Zeppelin version because that is, you know, if I was to compile my favorite Zeppelin song, Bring It On Home will be in the lower top 10 for sure. Because it is definitely one of my favorite, all-time favorite uh, 
Led Zeppelin songs. I just love the fuck out of it. And uh, that's what I think. What do you think, uh, Ian? Well, of course, as always, we disagree. Uh, I think this is the greatest fucking cover he's ever done. I, I, I think this is absolutely amazing. But what, where I think you want to talk about a lot, lost opportunity, this should have been the one that Paul Stanley sang on. And I, oh, I don't think he could do it. Well, I, I don't know. You never know. With, with studio magic, might have been something they ain't gonna pull off live. But if if you would have had that, you know, Stanley and Ace reunite and do a song that everybody knows and people love that is heard on classic rock radio, I think they'd get much more play out of this than Fire and Water. And I mean, because Paul always goes on and on about fucking Led Zeppelin. Is for years he's always been about what a big Zeppelin fan he is. I'm surprised. I mean, I don't know if Ace showed him, like, okay, here's a list of songs we're doing. I, I couldn't believe Paul wouldn't fucking... Uh, well, you know what? I, 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 I would. I would. I'd see... I could totally see Paul see bringing it on home and go, oh, I ain't gonna embarrass myself. Yeah, but, you know... But but if he could have done Studio Magic, you know, he could have bragged about it. He's like, you know, Kiss and tied <laughs> a lot of bands. And I remember back when we were starting out, Little Jimmy Page and the Led Zeppelins were very influenced by what Wicked Lester was doing. Uh, Let's not get crazy, dude. You know, but but I I I can fucking man, I would have loved it because Wicked Lester sounded they were more fucking influenced by a hermit and the hermits. That's right. It's a little bit of Jethro (laughs) Tull thrown in with the Partridge Family. It's very singalongable. But man, I just I I think this could have been something that really would have would have broke this out because Space Invader had the hype because uh, you know it'd been. A li- you know, a little bit, you know, after Anomaly. And people were excited, and I don't know if there was as much excitement for this. I mean, there was because of the Paul connection, but a better song, I think, would have made this do a lot better. And that's why I don't think you're going to see a volume two. But uh, I, I got I got to say, though, this is the one that I keep playing, and this is something that will make me go back uh, to this album play it again. It will be specifically to hear this. Because a lot of covers albums, I'll listen to, oh, that's kind of neat, but do I really go back and visit it? The only one I can really think of would be uh, Rush, Flashback, that I really, I'll go out of my way to listen to the rest, like you hear it once, and it just sits in your collection. But this one, man, is just fucking phenomenal. You know who else agrees with me? The Queen, Miss Gina Elizabeth. Uh, and you know, (laughs) I was going to say, and you know who else? Right. The That's guy from uh, Three Sides of a Corn. <laughs> oh. I had to get it. Oh, yeah. But which, yeah, yeah. Gina, which, which Gina loves it. This, <laughs> anyway. No, Gina loves this in uh, Rock and Roll Hell, her favorites. But yeah. So. You know, you yeah, know what? You know what? You know what Zeppelin song Paul would do justice to now, though? What's that? Hot Dog. Ooh. Ian's oh. favorite! Oh. Oh. Let's have Ian sing it first, real fast. Come on, bam. I, I don't even know how it goes, dude. My baby's gone. I don't know what to do. I saw. Well, hold on. I saw Ian did karaoke to this song at, at the R bar. When oh shit! Through. Really? You fucking yeah, bozo. yeah. There's a video somewhere. I, yeah. I'm going through my files. I just put, a traitor. I put the microphone up to my ass and farted. Said, "Hot dog, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you." Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> you did. God damn. You got a big ass. Woo! I didn't win no new fans that night. Yeah. 
All right, uh, Bill, why don't you take the next one? Wild thing. Oh, I will Hold on. Hold, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to fucking down and swig a beer before I fucking get into this. Hold yeah, on. yeah, I'm yeah. I'm literally, literally open up my little features at home. Bam, bam, bam. You heard that? You heard that when Bill at opens his fucking uh, refrigerator and goes, bam, bam, bam. Matter of fact, well, hold on. Here, right. Before I get into it. Are you going to talk about how your refrigerator tries to kill me? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have four chopsticks in, uh, in my hand. Listen what I'm doing right now before I review the song. Listen. They're all broke. I just broke four chopsticks in half. This song, oh my God. Why do this fucking overplayed song? Um, I mean, really? I mean, oh, oh, Ace, aren't you a Who fan? Ace, aren't you a The Doors fan? Did you really have to fucking include the most overplayed song ever? The only version that's ever been good. I hate the original. I'm sick of the song. The only version I ever, 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 ever liked was Sam Kinison's version. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, really? Why do this song? It's like, I hate it. Okay, the blistering solo, Ace Freely, I got to give it that. But yeah, I was like, really? Are you really going to fucking do this song? So it was very, very discouraging when I heard it. I heard that he was going to do it. And then when he, when I actually heard the, the, the version, it's like, and, and, and of course you got the people going to fucking say, well, he had to think of a song that Leader Ford would fit. Well, Leader Ford could sing a Door song or the, or, or the Who, so why do you have to pick this stupid-ass song? And, uh, you know, just because it's Ace Freely, I'm going to give it two out of five chopsticks. My worst song on the record. All right, I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, this one, I hate this song. I've never liked the song. And the Sam Kennison version, I guess it's good because of nostalgia and comedic versions, but, you know, after you hear it... Yeah, right, that's what I meant. Right, you know, not, after you yeah. hear it a few times, it's not anything. But, you know, I mean, it's, I do like when Hendrix played it in Monterey. And she did borrow from it, because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not... Who was it, the Trogs that did this? Yes, the Trogs. Okay, do, do the Trogs say in the song, Sock it to me one time? I don't remember that. I know that Hendrix did. Could and I was, I, I, was, hand, I, don't I always found it cool when Hendrix did it because that, you know, that footage of him playing Wild Thing at Monterey and he puts the guitar behind him and uh, Sock it to me, he does it his own and he does that crazy solo and shit. I just love the fuck out of what Hendrix did to it. He took a shitty song and made it good. Where Ace, yeah, Ace does good guitar solo, but I'm sorry, like, dude, I'm not a Lita Ford hater. I'm not. I, I actually own Out for Blood and I enjoy it. I loved even the second one even more. Uh, Dancing on, what's it called? Um, Dancing on the Edge, right? Yes, yes. Lady Killer, Trust to Kill. Uh, gotta Let Go. Yeah. Gotta Let Go. Great album. Great fucking album. Randy Castillo. Yep. Anyway, um, but uh, I don't know. On here, it's like her voice is, it just doesn't work for me. Come on, do it to me one time. Wow, it's just so generic and so terrible. And yes, Ace really does a good solo, but it's kind of like, you know, fucking a really nice pussy on a really fucking uh, ox. You know, it's still an ox. I didn't hear the, the fucking the next part. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that's ugly just girl. Interesting. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're fucking a nice pussy, but it's be it belongs to an ox. You know, so, I mean, <laughs> which has happened, by the way. Anyway, so... That's fuck, illegal in North Carolina, by the way. You, yeah. You can't fuck... Can't fuck pussy on, on anyway. But not 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 in Virginia. That, that shit flies over there. That's right. <laughs> but uh, I am totally agreeing to build this song. It's terrible. I hate this song. You know, there's a couple of those old songs like I never like Louie Louie. I never like. Oh, and another one that Ace fairly threatens will be on the next album. Because Eddie Trunk asked him, well, what would you want Gene of singing? He said, Mississippi Queen. I'm sorry, dude. I never liked that fucking song. Oh, I love that song, but I don't oh. want to hear it. I never want to hear Mississippi Queen as long as I live. And I like Mountain. I do. I love Mountain. But I never liked Mississippi Queen. And that's the equivalent of this song. It's like, why? That bad? Mississippi Queen's better than this song. Really, Ralph? Well, it's better, but it's still a song I don't like. They're I both just, on the caliber of Sucky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Mississippi Queen is just so, I don't know. Maybe I did like it when I first heard it when I was a little kid. But, you know, I just, I don't know, man. It's like Mountain's got so many fucking good songs. Why is this the only one I hear on the radio? Well, that, Molly, hey, just real, real fast. Molly Crew actually recorded that for the theater pain sessions. It was going to put that out as opposed to smoking in the boys' room. Just oh a, God. a weird. And you see, yeah, I know, but yeah. So and I'm just, and you just know, a, a weird, weird, you know, point. And, I, and I, the, I did not know that. And the funny thing yeah, is, yeah, no, that's a fact, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing yeah. is, is that I like smoking in the boys' room, the original version, more than Molly Crew's version. Because uh, I remember that song as a little kid, Brownsville Station, which I yes, own that vinyl, right. by the way. I do own that vinyl that has that song. Uh, not a great band, but I, I always I thought that song was cool when I was a little kid. But then when Motley did it, I mean, by that time, I was like so disappointed in the theater of pain. Even now, oh, in yeah. retrospect, no, I kind of like, like it a little more than I did back in the day. You know, but, you know, as a whole, I thought that album was a big, big downgrade from Shot of the Devil. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I still, need to get I, off, off subject. I just No, we, need, we to... need to get off subject. Well, I still have to talk about it yet. So, yeah, Wild Thing fucking blows. What do you think of it? Yeah. Um, well, you know, at, at least Ace kept true to his word and didn't do the most popular Trog song. Uh, I mean, what, what the number one is, I don't know. But Jesus Christ, I mean, this is one I, I couldn't believe when I saw this. I mean, I, I knew right away, without even hearing it, I knew this was going to be my least favorite track. And uh, I, I mean, was hoping it'd be the Tone Low version. Oh, man. And I didn't, exactly, <laughs> that would be better. Uh, you know, I don't I know. Like Tone Low. Yeah, I, I like, I, I heard that, just, uh, I'm sorry, Ian, to cut you off. I heard the other day, there's this really cool new radio station here I listen to in my city truck the, at my job called The Beach, where they play shit like Pat Benatar, Tone Loke, you know, all the shit. And they played, I heard the other day, uh, Funky Cole Medina. I was like, dude, this shit is catchy as fuck. I thought that shit was great. Christine 16 sample. Was uh, it? Uh, yeah, there's a Christine 16 sample there that, that's never been credited. But Oh, it's, wow. It's, and it's, I know Wild yeah. Thing had Jamie's Crime, right? Right. Correct. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah, but anyway, so... Uh, Wow, that's interesting, uh, Bill. I didn't think yeah. of that. I didn't know that. 
both Van yeah, Halen listen to it. It's it's so it's so obvious. Dun, 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 dun. It's so Christine sixteen. So and, and it's but, ironic because they're both both songs are Van Halen related. Yeah, correct. And, and on Tone Loke's second album, he uh, he sampled Van Hagar and, and nobody bought it. <laughs> Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Yeah. Uh, so Lesson yeah. Learned. Wild summer nights. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. Boo. Now, this is one in the Eddie Trunk uh, interview uh, wasn't really discussed, so I don't know who picked this. But if it was fucking Lita Ford, I would beat her like Tony Iommi on a four-day coke bench. You know? Oh. oh, my God. And I love Lita Ford, but oh, my God. Like, really, the both of them, like, looked at each other and go, oh, yeah, let's do this. You know, this will put asses in the seats. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> This, I mean, this is really, and it, and it kind of shows you, you know, if you if you listen to the, to the Ace interview, you can really tell Ace just doesn't give a fuck. And I think there's certain shit on this album he just didn't give a fuck about. And it, it, it's funny because uh, Eddie asked him a lot of questions, and Ace like, I don't know, I I, I and he brings the record company uh, president up to answer all the questions, and then Eddie Trump talks about how he did so many interviews as ace in the 80s like people would send in their questions ace like eh, you know more than me you answer this shit you know like he don't even want to fucking be bothered and this song sounds like he didn't even want to be bothered i hope that it comes out later that this is actually bob kulik playing on this and, and not fucking ace. you know I, I hope this is rick derringer you know yeah this is whoo this is definitely the, the low point on the album i think everybody would agree but uh yeah. Then we go to a song that a lot of people were excited about, but I saw so much division on, and that's uh, Parasite. Yes. Fe- featuring John Five. And uh, if I remember correctly, was this one leaked before White Room? Or was yes. White Room? No, 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 no. My, well, I remember White Room first. Okay. This is the second one I heard. But this got a lot of people talking, and I didn't hear too many people, like, just outright bitch, but it was either they loved it, or fucking they blamed John Five for the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of division on this. And I don't think it's bad. I love hearing Ace's voice on this. I, I think he sounds phenomenal. Uh, but guitar-wise, you know, and normally I want to see you change a little bit. But I think you know, he let John Five do too much to where it should be more Ace featured than John Five. And I almost see this as like a, just turning this over to John Five with Ace singing. And that's the only thing, my only complaint. But I, I don't think it's horrible. But I, I just would have liked more Ace and less John Five. What do you think, Wayne? I don't know. Not to sound like a diplomat at the at a union. Uh, 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 you know what? Um, I have mixed feelings. I mean, it's a, it. You know, as I've said previously, it's you know, it's a great 1974 American heavy metal song. Um, I think they add a really cool sonically contemporary uh, monster sound. Ace's vocals are stellar. John Five does an Ace deliver, but at the same time, not to sound like a contrarian, I see exactly what you're saying. Um, but it's Ace, and then like for instance, these Kiss songs. I mean, what can you add more than a couple of sentences, with the exception of "Rock and Roll Hell," which I have a lot to say because it's so unpredictable. But I, I like it. Um, but um, I basically want to piggyback and say what what Godzilla said. I agree with. Um, 
uh, I love John Five. I love John. I love John Five from the David Lee Roth album to uh, you know every. I love. Um, but yeah, I like it. I'm gonna give it four out of five. Right on, Ralph. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I love it. Um, I I know I know what people are complaining about because uh, when see here's the thing. Um, I love John Five too. I'm a big fan of. Uh, that DLR album, not too big on Dave's voice on it, but I love his guitar playing. And I actually saw him live once when I went to Las Vegas. The only show that was somewhat of interest to me. I'm not the biggest Rob Zombie fan, though I do like White Zombie. So I went to go see Rob Zombie and Godsmack. And uh, unfortunately, I, I saw Godsmack. But Rob Zombie had John <laughs> Five that night, and John Five did a guitar solo that would, would knock your... Aunt Connie socks off as uh, Dice Play would say. What a guitar player. What a hell of a guitar player. And I think what he does on Parasite is phenomenal, except the only thing I got to complain, what the fuck does he do when he starts the solo? To me, it's kind of like, oh, this is what people are complaining about. He does some effect like, it's not even playing. He's just doing like some kind of weird noise to the guitar that doesn't really fit. And I just felt like this is unnecessary. And then when he goes into after that, it's perfect. That's great. It should have been all like that. Now, another thing I absolutely love about this song is like, dude, I mean, you cannot top the Kiss Alive version or the Hotter Than Hell version. I mean, I know the Hotter Than Hell version is not the greatest produced album, but I think it's charming because it's so, right. it's so bad, it's great. It's kind of like Kiss Meets the right. Fan, you know? But... It's also refreshing to hear good production to this song. And yeah. yeah. Take away that little part that I don't like with John 5 and just the rest of it. It's fucking vicious. A vicious attack to a classic Ace Frehley song. And what I love the most about it is that we got Ace singing it. As it always should have been. What Gene did was awesome. I'm not discrediting Gene at all, but this is an Ace Fraley song. And hearing Ace Fraley sing it now, well, I mean, I've seen Ace Fraley sing this even before the 96 reunion. Like around 93, he finally added it to his set list and it blew my fucking mind. I'll never forget, it was the second song of the night. He went right into Parasite. I was like, oh my God! And to hear Ace sing that fucking song, to me, it's like, this is how it always should have been. Always. So, to me, in a way, this is the best thing about this whole CD. To hear Ace sing a song he wrote in the 70s. And he does it again. He does it again. Uh, a couple songs more. But I love it. Are we done with Parasite? Or did Ian say anything about Parasite? Yeah. Yeah, I already went. Alright. Okay, so... Uh, I'll take the next one. Magic Carpet Ride. Boy, there's only one song I hate more than this, and that's Born to be Wild. <laughs> I never liked... Dude, these are the only two Steppenwolf songs I've heard, and it made me never want to look into any more Steppenwolf. Well, you know Pusher Man, right? Pusher Man's awesome. Okay, I gotta listen to it. I don't know, maybe, I guess. But I hate this song. And I, I heard Ace saying, yeah, 
You know, I, I, at least I didn't do Born to Be Wild. I did Magic Carpet Ride. I was like, oh, that song sucks too. I hate this song. I've always hated this song. And you know what really pisses me off about the original version? The way it starts. The way Magic Carpet Ride starts in the original version sounds like you're about to hear the most badass song in the world. Wow, like that crazy fucking guitar. Wow. Then it goes into, I like to dream. Ding, ding, ding. Oh my God, fucking. Oh, I hate that hippy dippy shit. I want John Kay to be dead. He's my Sammy Hagar. Ooh. No, all right. well, wow. I'm kidding. I'm oh kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. No, I don't mean that. I just, I just had a fucking, I just got possessed by the dead spirit of Ian Wadley. <laughs> it's a joke, people. A joke. J O K E. That's right. That's right. But um, I hate it. And what Ace does to it, you can't polish this turd. It's not like White Room. He didn't make it better for me. I think this is a song that just cannot be better. I can't stand this song. Uh, the worst on the whole album. Even worse than Wild Thing. Wow. And I hated wow. the I hated Wild Thing. But boy, wow. though, and ugh. and believe it or not, there's even another song on here I don't like. I told you there's a few songs. There's three songs on here I don't like, and I just named two. Uh, Bill, what do you think of Magic Carpet Ride? <clears throat> oh my God. Um, I could say exactly what you said, but I can't do that because I would be kind of like being cheap and. And boring and no, go lazy. ahead. I mean, I did it to you the, the first couple. Yeah, songs. I know, I know, I know, I know. But you know what I'm saying. You just I gotta mean, be honest, a, dude. Be honest. Yeah, man. <clears throat> never been a Steppenwolf fan. I mean, everybody that's not a metal fan that knows me goes, "Oh, what about that part of the song? It's just heavy metal thunder. Don't you like that?" Uh, it's like uh, whatever. Um, not a fan of the original song. Uh, boring. Every time I think of it, I think of a commercial Wendy's or some bullshit. Um, I don't, I mean, it's ace. I think his playing is phenomenal. I think the structure, I mean, the, 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 his, his, his band sounds great, but I don't like the song. So I don't like this song on this ace freely song. And because if it's, because it's ace, I can never go below uh, a two with the exception of if, if we ever do a second sighting review, then I'm going to give below two. So I give it two out of five. Boring, predictable, next. You know, bam. Ian? All right, well, I don't hate the song as much as you guys, but I definitely agree on the burnout factor. And this was another one when I saw this on the track listing. Uh, definitely disappointed and definitely uh, what, what they deliver on this is what I expected, you, you know, of the, of the whole album. You know, I, I was pleasantly surprised, but... What I expected was something like this. Like, it's not even changed that much. It's, it's another song. You know, it was between this and another song that a lot of people never heard called Hey Jude. You know, you wanted to keep the shit, you know, underground songs. I mean, come on. God damn. Uh, yeah, predictable and uh, adds nothing to the album. And that's why, I, you know, I, I think this album might fade away real quick. I, I definitely should have had some more exciting tracks. But, uh, but then we go into another Kiss cover that uh, got people excited, and that's Cold Gin. And this time featuring uh, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam. And, uh, man, I do not like Pearl Jam pretty much at all, but uh, I like everybody but Eddie better. 
And Mike McCready had a side project, Mad Season, that I loved with uh, Lane Stanley. He also, I mean, he's a self-admitted, you know, he loves hard rock and metal. He has a uh, UFO tribute band that just does uh, Michael Shanker era UFO and shit. So he definitely, you know, this is what he grew up on. So I like having him on this track. And I think this is how um, Parasite should have been done. You, you know, it, 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 it's faithful, but good production. And you get to hear Ace singing it, which is a plus, And I think he does a fine job on it. It's, I'll give it a little notch for not straying enough, but I'll give it a plus for not straying too much. I really enjoyed this one. What do you think, Wang? Um, God, I mean, another one exactly. I hate to be, I hate to follow you guys on certain stuff because it's exactly how I felt. Um, Mike McCready shines. Um, being a huge fan of the first two Pearl Jam albums, Ten and Verses, uh, I remember seeing Pearl Jam at the Warfield Theater when they're on the cover of Time Magazine. Verses has two of the most heaviest hard rock songs ever. Um, I like it. I think it's cool, but like when you're, when you're gonna redo a classic, you gotta fucking just step up a little bit more and step out of the box to make it a little bit different than what you're familiar with. So in that respect, I mean, I love Mike's playing. I love the song. I think it's cool to finally hear uh, Ace freely sing his song in a studio version, as opposed to in Australia, Largo, whatever, and everything. I like the song. I like the version. I like the sonics of it. I think it's a cool version, but I can't give it five out of five for the reasons the God of Wad just said. So I'm going to give it four out of five. All right. Um, I love it. Uh, yes, a studio version of Cold Gen. I do believe Ace uh, released a, a live version of this. Well, this is on Live Plus One. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't think it was on, on Live Plus One, but I think it was on another compilation that had Live. Yeah, I know there was like three or four Megaforce compilations. Yeah, like, like John, 12, 12 picks or some shit Yeah, like that. John Reagan was behind all that because he, he needed to make a little money back because John Reagan pretty much sunk his fortune on on Ace Fraley, and that was his way of getting his money back. And, uh, right. yeah, it's the version that we all know from uh, uh, the Live Plus whatever VHS that was released that, you know, where Ace says, I wrote this in the subway in New York, you know. So we all, I, you know, I'm already very familiar as a, a recorded version, but this is a studio version. And, you know, if there is going to be an Origin Volume 2, I want Strange Ways on there. Yeah. But I know when they play Strange Ways live, it's not Ace singing it. So I would love to hear Ace sing it. I'd love to hear, uh, what else did he play back? Did, didn't he write Getaway? Uh, uh, no, that was a Paul song. Oh, who, what was the other uh, main line? Wasn't that? Uh, I know he wrote something on Dress to Kill. Uh, I know he co-wrote Rock Bottom. So anyway, yeah, a great Rock and Metal Combat podcast episode of Dress to Kill. I just might add to the, to right. the millions of people around the world. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You know what my show. favorite part of that show is, Bill? What's that, bro? Uh, that you were on it. Did you know that? Oh, that's right, I was. Oh, shit. I, I forgot because I was listening to it the other day and I, I just totally blocked. I just, yeah, yeah. That's right, I was. You're so, on it. No, yeah, trust yeah. me. Trust me. You're on it. You should go back uh, okay. and listen to it. Everybody should go uh, back okay. and listen to it. Oh, Bill, my bad. My bad. Bill's yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, I'll and check you're it really out. good. I'll you're check really it out. good on it. Okay. Oh, I like cool. It. 
as far as uh, this McCready guy, um, I can't, uh, to tell you the truth, um, I knew he was on it, but I forgot, now that you guys are mentioning it, that I can't remember. What, did he do a solo? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, that I don't know if he just played rhythm or he did a solo. It sounds like Ace to me, but, you know. Shit, I thought Larger Than Life was Ace, so what do I know? But it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. That's And again, the same reason why I love Parasite, and I think it's like my favorite part of this whole thing, even though it may not be my favorite track on this album, but it's my favorite thing about this, is to have actual old school Ace Fraley songs that he was too shy to sing back in the day, doing it now. And his voice is an, another thing we haven't talked about. His voice is great on this. Oh yes, definitely. I, I think he sounds yeah. really good, you know, his voice is like, kicking man and but, i think that has a lot to do with sobriety you know and, and i gotta say though i'm really surprised he picked this one though after the lawsuit because i mean you know he's not gonna get you know he's got to pay to put this on the album now and shit so that kind of right because right. uh sammy hagar sued him said it was based on a song he wrote called mas tequila oh yeah. that's right that's yeah. right that's yeah. right now the world knows exactly. with the total inside information Mastikila, what, what a brilliant name for a song! You know, what you know, a, you know Ace Frehley got the idea uh, for to write Cold Gin uh, after they opened for um, uh, Sammy Hagar on the Alive Two Tour. That's true. That's, That's right. True, true story. That's right. But uh, oh, no, no, no. hold on, before you go any further, I have exclusive urgent information here. Uh -oh. Sammy Hagar invented and devised the logo the kiss logo oh, yes i didn't yeah. know that. Uh, yeah everybody nobody knows that so just foo for thought ah, sammy hagar invented the logo so and also oh not all refined it and outlined it so that's yeah. why you know same oh, the, i know i know but the base the genesis of the the logo sammy hagar wrote it so and another know, thing hey, you, know. Uh, you know and i bet both of you don't know this sammy hagar invented Inventions. That's true. Yeah, that's wow. True. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get my pen. I want to make a note for the yeah. Sammy, Sammy Hagar. And he invented inventions. Invention. So yeah. he is really the godfather of the invention of yes. the term. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, a, there's only he, one way to rock, baby. Yeah. And he also uh, was the creator of oxygen. I did not know that. Yeah, he did that too. Uh, Hold on. Ian, did you know that? Uh, don't tell me that because now I won't breathe. Never mind, never mind. Ignore I did not, Ian, I did not say that. We need Lee, Ian to live for the next 50 years. I, my bad. Anyways, so. Uh, oh, man, that's Are we going to go to the next song, number 11? Want me to go there? Yeah, you go there. All right, number 11. Till, till the end of the day. I fucking absolutely love The Kings. This song is from 1965. It was released as a single back in the days before there were quote-unquote albums where people compared. Um, the B side was where all the good times gone. And it, it eventually appeared on a Kinks album, The Kink Controversy. I love this song because I love the original song and I love the fucking Kinks. I fucking adore Ray Davies. 
And I love this song. I'm going to give it five out of five chopsticks and two egg rolls. Bam! Bam, bam. All right. Yeah. Uh, let me go, Ian. All right. uh, Bill, I don't like it. Now, now that you said this, now I'm going to have to do a little research on this. Because I, I this song does nothing for me. And I love the kinks. And whenever I have the time, I'm going to scan. Well, i got to buy a scanner. And scan you pictures of when I saw the kinks in 1982. And they're great pictures. Oh, wow. The Come Dancing era. Yes. I saw yeah. them. I, yeah. And, uh, I, and I love... One more for the road. Uh, one of my favorite. One of uh, my picks of the week, I might add. That's true. Yeah, I love that live album. Yeah, that. And now that I remember, you picked it right when I bought it on vinyl, which was oh, very great. Yeah, I think I bought it. I had it on vinyl for about two weeks when you brought. I go, dude, I just bought that fucking album. I listened to it and I fucking love the hell out of it. I love the Kings. I'm not the biggest Kings fan, but what I've heard, I love, and I feel like they're very underrated. I, I posted this song in my group, so I'm going to tag you when we're done with this to so listen to it. It's so fucking off. And plus, 1965, a lot of great things happened in that year. Yeah, and I was I was born and so were you. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> And, oh, and you know what was the greatest thing in 1965 other than us being born? What's that? Ian wasn't born yet. Ah. <laughs> I didn't mean that, but Ian. He was thought of. He was thought of. Oh, no. Yeah, well, unfortunately. Nah, I'm just. Uh. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. No. Ian, what do you think of this song? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think it's all right. I think I, I like the deep track aspect of it, but I think he went almost, uh, you know, too far with this one. Uh, but but I do like the track. But you know, and I love the Kinks. I mean, shit. You like the original song? God of Wad? Yeah, I do. It's, it's it's still not one of my favorites, but but I like it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I love the Kinks. I saw the Kinks in 1967 uh, open up for Hagar, Sean, Anison, and Shreve. Uh, or, or as most oh, people know, sucks. HSAS. But, uh, right. you know, and, and, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not my favorite track, but, uh, but it's not horrible. Yeah, I just think it's kind Listen of... to the original, man. I'll I'll tag you too. Oh no, I've got oh. I, I've got King Controversy. I've got the album. I know it. It's just not. Oh okay. It's, okay. it's, it's bad, not a bad, bad song, but it, I could think of like a million other King songs. You know. I know. Just, there's just such a Beach Boys influence to that song. Right. I just, I, 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 that's game. I, I'd love to hear him do something like Destroyer. Would be awesome. You know. Yeah. Well, isn't that later in the day? Well, that's kind of piggybacking on my theory of when I initially started this. Uh, podcast where i was talking about songs i i was influenced by i mean right that that's way later i mean i think he was recording love gun so you know he that, that was just way later in the game so you know True. but i agree oh my god but kind of like the thin lizzy me wanting cold sweat well the ace Lee was you know bailing out of kids in 82 when that came out so you know so anyways all righty well uh so we all talked about that, and let's go into the one that I think had the highest amount of anticipation, even more than the Paul Stanley uh, track, and that's Rock and Roll Hell. And how crazy is it that Ace is doing a track from Kiss that he didn't play on, man? And I think that just grabbed everybody's attention. 
uh, because there's so much controversy around Creatures of the Night, who played on it, who didn't. It was a resurgence for Kiss. And, uh, man, if there's one, you know, I, I speak for myself, this is the one I was really looking forward to. And, man, it, it's tied with Bring It On Home uh, as by far my favorite track. But this one, I almost have to give a nod to above it because of where he took it and what he did with it. And uh, this was the uh, the head of the record label. This was his idea. And right. he was trying to give him like a couple different creatures uh, of the night song. Uh, another one was I Still Love You, which, man, that would have been weird because that's just such a associated with Paul. Where this Kenny is... Vincent. Right, right, too. But I mean, I mean, you know, because Paul had sang that song forever. Right. No, totally. And was Kate was is a was a is Ace even capable of even pulling no. that off? So no. Good point. No, no, not no, at all. Wazilla, nail it exactly. That's yeah, a total that's a Paul guy. song. I can right. man hearing hearing Ace sing "I Still Love You" would be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but hold on, hold on. Vinnie Vincent brought that to the, Paul had absolutely jack shit to do. Vinnie Vincent had that written prior to even meeting fucking Paul Stanley, so he brought that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Stanley made it into a Paul Stanley song with his incredible vocal delivery and everything. But Vinnie Vincent is the reason that song exists. Right. But anyways, but, I, but I, what I was getting at is that song is so associated with Paul. Whereas I think right. you know be, before a lot of people learned that this was a track that was on a BTO album before it was on fucking Creatures of the Night. But people kind of associate it with Ace lyrically, like almost like it was about Ace at, at the time. So that's another thing I think that got people's attention. Like, holy shit, this is a song everybody always thought was about Ace, you know, and, you know, being crazy and, uh, you know, off the rails and shit. Did you guys, did you guys know that beforehand? Because the first time I heard this song was about Ace was after Ace recorded it. Well, um, I, I heard that. I, I can't remember if I, if I read it first. Or I came to my own conclusion, but I mean, you guys see, like, when I first bought Creatures of the Night was, fuck, I mean, around the time, it was after Asylum, you know, I got the, the cassette that had Bruce Kulik on the cover, you know, and the no makeup cover and shit, and, uh, you yeah. know, but I, I already knew the history of Ace and, and why he wasn't with the band, so I just always assumed that, you know, this was done, you know, it was kind of like a nudge to Ace, like, hey, get your shit together, stay in the band, you know, but then I find out, fuck, it was on... You know, I mean, the lyrics were changed a little bit, and I think Gene right. just did that to get That's a That's why Gene right. gets cr uh, writing yeah. credits, because he changed the lyrics a bit. Right, right? And, I, and I've come to find that out with so many songs that it, when you see other artists with Gene, it's usually such a minimal change, but just enough to like, hey, I'm going to get a royalty, and it's so Gene. But uh, Ace said he loved this song, and, uh, and, and he also asked uh, Eddie Trunk what other song he should play off this besides... Uh, uh, I think the Paul song in White Room, you know, and Eddie Trunk, you know, wisely said, hey, play rock and roll hell, you know. Fans would go crazy for that. But, uh, and he also said, and this sparks further debate, about whether he did play anything on Creatures of the Night. He says he honestly doesn't know, but they said that Michael James Jackson, who produced it, said he did. And well, I actually heard Michael James Jackson say that. Oh, in an, I heard an oh, interview really? with Michael James Jackson, and he said Ace Fraley did play on the album. He didn't wow. go into extent what he played on it. He doesn't remember what songs or what he did or if he did a solo or not. But he did say Ace Fraley did lay down some guitar on Creatures of the Night. He did. I remember hearing that interview on one. I don't know what podcast it was, 
but I heard it years ago. Well, I and he was the only one to say that. I think that's something we should look into. See if that guy's on Facebook and see if we can get him on the show. Because I would <laughs> love to hear that story. Yeah, that yeah, he he did say that. He actually did come out and say that, which I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, yes, at least he did something. But go ahead, keep going. Sorry. Uh, and, and another thing is, if he did, uh, what song and did it survive to the to the final mix? You know, was something recorded but not used? I would love to find all that out. But you know, getting back to the song, I've always loved the song. One of my favorites on Creatures, and. Ace just knocks it out of the park with this one. I mean, this is really just amazing. This should have been a fucking single and not the Paul Stanley. I see the Paul Stanley for the novelty reason of them reuniting, but I think this is a much stronger track that could uh, attract more of an audience than the, than the Paul Stanley song. What do you think, Wang? My God. I mean, it's just, I, I think of this album, it has such a, um, a personal connection to my life because it, the Creatures era in particular. A, it was the first time I saw Kiss live for the first time in my life. B, that's when I fell in love with Vinnie Vincent, the whole obsession. And I'm just obsessed by the whole situation. And Ace Freely had absolutely nothing to do. Not one note on Creatures of the Night. I don't care what anybody says. That's a fact. I mean, I'm going to tell you something straight up. Ace Freely's tour manager uh, 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 um, and, and assistant. Ace Freely may have said certain things. You know what? I don't give a fuck if this kid is saying anybody else. Ace Freely plays along with the with, with with the narrative of oh oh did he play in the fags on the the, the ten sides of the coin the, oh, did he play in all the Ace Freely had absolutely nothing to do with this he was not one note on this album so uh, but anyways um and I and that 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 particular point that you guys were talking about Ian was talking about how it was uh, basically like a biographical song um, about Ace Freely. Well, I remember a Kerrang! magazine interview when um, when they were uh, pimping out the upcoming Return to Heavy Metal. Remember, this is 1982. Hey, you know, and, and whatnot. And I remember specifically Gene Simmons, the interviewer, asked him a question about that. In, I mean, I wish I, had, I could think of the note, the link or whatever. But, but no, it was documented that Gene Simmons said, yeah, it's about our guitar player. So... To piggyback on both you guys' points, so um, I think it's an, it was an unpredictable choice, an absolutely slam dunk. Sonically, it sounds great, and it just feeds on the mystery of the whole creature's era. I mean, it's just a, such a it's just such a, a mysterious period, and for him to pick this song with a connotation, yes, he's on the album cover. But Vinny Vincent, you know, come on, he was he toured and everything and, and whatnot. Um, it's my favorite song on the record. It means so much to me because of my connection and my love and, and, and my just curiosity of that whole Creatures of the Night era. And and, and, and like Godzilla was saying that in the very beginning of this whole uh, project tonight, today. Um, the thing about it is... Um, Ace Freely will be synonymous with Creatures of the Night because his picture on the album cover. But he had absolutely nothing to do with it. And I think he really scored a knockout. I think it's 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 a simple it's structurally it's a very simplistic song, but some of the greatest songs were are simplistic. You don't have to have fucking circumstance of rush to be a great song. I love it. I fucking totally love it. 
It's uh, one of my two favorite songs on the record, and it is my favorite song. I love it, and it's five out of five chopsticks, two egg rolls. Bang. Um, what uh, I'm going to say... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ian. Uh, yeah, just before you start, uh, I wanted to answer the question that you, that you gave to Bill. Uh, do I remember the first time I heard it? And the first time I heard this version was at work. And I you know, listened to it on my Bluetooth and fucking loved it. But the first time I heard the original, uh, I remember looking at the cassette cover. And uh, if you open up, there was a butt on the back of this album. And I remember right. I remember being confused. If, was it a guy's butt or a woman's butt? Should I be titillated or disgusted? And, uh, and, and I didn't know, and that really bugged me because I didn't know how to look at it, you know? It's like, hey, I like leather pants, but is that a dude or a chick, you know? Well, it's kind of both. It's Paul Stanley. Oh, man. I, I got to tell you, though, uh, in hindsight, he's got a great ass. You know? Yeah. I, but, uh... <laughs> hey, bisexuality. You know, some call it fucking, you know... What's what's the term of a bisexual? A greedy? Uh, uh, Anyways. Uh, I believe it's called a joke. <laughs> jokes. A oh, greedy. Oh, <laughs> no, that's just gay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I can't. I love you, bro. You brought up a great point, uh, uh, Wang, about Ace being always uh, considered part of this because he was in the video, uh, involved in the promotion. His face was on the cover, but in my iTunes, I, I got the cover the fans made. I got Vinny on there, not Ace, because I think he represents. Yeah, oh, well, that's the best cover. And, uh, that's the and, best. And I remember one of the. I think it was the first Kiss convention I went to. It was so awesome because I got a copy of it on vinyl with the uh, with the original cover, and it was like glow-in-the-dark vinyl and shit like that. And, yeah. Man, so much better than what I originally got on fucking cassette and uh, and CD because that, I mean, people bitch about fucking Asylum being a horrible cover, but man, that was a fucking horrible one for the, the reissue. That was like Animalize era. Yeah, it was, it was after that. They were trying to capitalize, like, okay, now they're a metal band and they're doing good again, and... Hey, they believed in this album, but it bombed. Hey, let's put it out looking like we look now in the videos. They did they they did back then what they're doing now. To make you give you the illusion this right. is the lineup, and now they're giving you the illusion, hey, this is the guy that was playing guitar with us in the seventies and the drummer from the seventies. Because you know, there are people that aren't big KISS fans that go see KISS and think they're watching four original members. Yeah. Despite what that clown from that certain uh, podcast says, most people don't really know and don't really care if it tastes really. Shut the fuck up and dye that red beard, you bitch. Hey. Anyway, okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, but, yeah, look, look, look. Let's just, let's just uh, stop ignoring the big elephant in the room. Fuck three sides. All right? Right, okay. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Uh, okay, I, okay. I have no problem with Tommy Summers. He's a cool guy. That Mike guy started shit with me, and he can kiss my ass. Uh, uh, Tommy laughed at one of my jokes, so he seems okay. No, he's an okay guy. I mean, I mean, okay. with me, he is. I don't know. I really don't know. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'll talk. You know, we we always avoid talking about three sides. And I'm. This yes. is my statement of three sides. When it was first out, and before I had the problem, I did listen to it. I didn't hate it. I did prefer History Science Theater and Podcast, and I still do. 
But I still would listen to it because they had some interesting guests and some interesting facts. And, and I'm talking about way back when they had, what's that guy's name? Uh, Mitch LaFont. Mitch LaFont was on the show. Then yeah, when... I got, him as, I got him as current job, but that's another story. Anyway. Uh, but then they took an angle. I don't know if they did this during Mitch, because the thing is, I wasn't so up to date with three sides. It wasn't like I heard every, every, every week. But you know, when I could, I'd catch it. And then I started, I don't know what, if Mitch left already, but I just remember they started this negative Ace Frehley talk. Like, all right, they would kind of disguise it like, oh, no, we love Ace Frehley. But, boy, they loved attacking anybody that loved Ace Frehley. You know, and I saw it as, all right, I'll give you an example. Like, remember the movie Private Parts, Howard Stern? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the part in the movie where they're like, well, uh, 20% or, I mean, 70% uh, that listen hate them. And they hate listen Howard longer, Stern. yeah. They, well, why would, they, if you hate them, why would you listen? Because they want to know what's the next thing they're going to say. Right. And I, that's, I really honestly believe this, what's his name again? I forget. Not Tommy, the other guy. Michael Brandevoid? I don't know if I'm pronouncing All right, whatever his name is. He... He's taking that angle. You know what? Fuck him and fuck that podcast. Yes, it's big. But you know what? The best podcast in the world is this podcast. And I promise you, he will hear because he hears everything. Okay. Okay. He hears well, everything. if he's listening, I want him to hear me right now. And I'll make a bet. Right. You know me, and I'm out, I'm out of control oh, yeah. lately. I yeah. made a bet the yeah. other day with a guy that said that Van Hagar is getting together next year. I bet him 100 bucks it ain't going to happen. Now I'm going to give this guy, what's his name again? Michael Bradvard, whatever. Brandavoid? I don't Brandavoid. know if I'm pronouncing that right. I bet you 100 bucks you'll never get Paul or Gene on your podcast. Ever. And you guys want to know why? I'll tell you why. You know why Gene and Paul would never do, not only that podcast, but any Kiss-related podcast? See, Gene and Paul are businessmen. What they're going to do is they're going to go on CNN. They're going to go on places where they reach out and get fans. They're never going to do a podcast where it's KISS-related because they already got those fans. Why would they go on these podcasts if they're going to talk to people that is already throwing money at them? You know what I'm saying? And if you don't believe me, name one KISS-related podcast that had Gene or Paul on. Maybe in the infancy of podcasts and and, uh, the internet, maybe. But ever since the internet blew up with podcasts and everything... They haven't, and now I know Gene has been on, yeah, uh, on some shows here and there. I can't even think of any any even rock podcast, but you know, Jericho. and I, Chris huh? Yeah. Paul oh yeah, Paul Jericho. Stanley. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Paul Stanley was right. Gene right. too. Because his son is a big wrestling fan, so obviously there's something in. Yeah, Paul, and but... and Chris Jericho's show is not Kiss related. It's it's related with all. Well, three sides is only about, about Kiss. Point. And I think what he knew with Jericho, too, is because uh, he, he knew it was going to be safe. Jer- you know, he probably had a list of, like, we're not going to talk about this, and Jericho will agree to all that. You know, he's not going to push him on something Paul doesn't want to talk about. And that's that's the number one thing I think they're afraid of, is you asking them something that they don't want to answer or aren't prepared. You know? Oh, and you know three sides would never throw a hardball question. You know, and, and I do remember, um, I don't, I don't, think I heard it, but I did hear from people online saying, boy, when they had Eddie Trunk on, they didn't say one negative thing about Ace the whole time. 
Now, you know? one thing, and I heard it, Dr. Fox. Uh, maybe maybe I heard it from total, you. It was a total hand job. They fucking lobbed Yeah, exactly. Boy, if I had Eddie Trunk on here, I'd, I'd call him out on a few things. And I'd stump the oh, fuck hey, out of that trunk. can I say something, Dr. Fox? Dr. Yeah, Fox. Go ahead. Like, uh, uh, Eddie, so you're talking about Eddie Trunk? There's a yeah. certain diluted video that Eddie Trunk posted on his uh, page. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I wonder who, if... Uh, who, 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 yeah, who that, that? that was me. Oh, that's right! Oh, my God. And, and D. Snyder. And D. Snyder posted that's it, too. Right, Wadzilla. Now, see, that's one thing... I'm hey, proud of you, Dr. Fuck. Well, thank you, because th- th- here's the thing. I ain't got no fucking agenda. I'm not here to get free tickets on the Kiss Cruise. I'm not here to fucking kiss anybody's ass. I swear to you right now, on Black Sabbath, get me Paul Stanley on this show. And I guarantee Ian and I will tear him a new asshole and ask him and play clips of what he said in the past. Have him explain yourself. Why is it that you said this and now you're doing that? Okay, I would do it. I would do it. I'd call him out. I would. I won't. I fear no one. I got nothing to lose. But you're gonna be in his video. Oh, I get it. You know, and and that's the thing I think a lot of people love about this. But it might, you know, cost us down the road. You know, Eddie Trunks even said like, there's a lot of stuff he wants to say. Like he wants to write a tell-all book. But he said if he wrote it. There's so many people that he wouldn't be able to talk to, and I think I think the same, right, right, right. The way this show is, you, you know, and and Ralph can't really talk about it, but we both know about it. He knows somebody in the business that, oh, yeah. that, that loves our show, but they said because of how like raw and uncensored we are, right, they can't. Right. Same thing happened. Dave Ellison. Dave yeah. Ellison used to come on our page and shit, but I've kind of said some shit that either pissed him off or like probably Mustaine wouldn't like and he hasn't responded to coming on the show I was talking to John Regan on our page the other day and when I said something about coming on the show you know then he was gone and and and, and I and I, and not only did, <laughs> look uh, not only yeah I know who you're talking about Ian but also and I'm not going to bring this person's name but there's also a friend of ours that does a very successful podcast that even said to me personally, I can't do what you guys do because I want guests. I want certain people. See, they have to dance the dance in order to get certain people on the show. And I don't want to dance that dance. And even if it costs us. And I know exactly who you're talking about, sellout. <laughs> He's a great guy. But I will just say this. Yeah, Look, whatever. But you know what was the final straw for me? Actually, even even after he bashed me, I think I listened to a couple more episodes. But, dude, the last one I heard, I'll never forget. The last one I heard was the episode where he goes, Eric Carr was just a drummer. And then I thought, okay, I'm not falling for this, this shit anymore just to get me upset. Because I know now what you're doing. It t- f- fucking totally dawned on me. This guy really is just trying to get people pissed off so they can keep listening in. Because he watched Private Part from Howard Stern fact and i felt like i'm not going to be one of these people so i tuned out right because you're not a professional troll and that son of a bitch is a professional troll he said that 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 comment about eric carr are you really going to expect people that know music to look at you and go yeah eric carr 
just a drummer. Eric Carr was, I mean, I always say Vinny Vincent saved Kiss. Eric Carr's drumming, Eric Carr's sensibility, Eric Carr's personality had a lot to do with why Kiss survived the 80s. And that jackal, that pile of shit to say a comment like that, I swear to fucking God, I, 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 I'm going to be serious. But you see, you see what I mean? You see yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You see what I mean? The emotion, uh, something like that would let out. See how Bill yeah. is reacting? See, Bill, I didn't get that reaction, though. I saw it more as, oh, you're playing that fiddle. You're like that the Pied Piper that's trying to get the little racks in. Uh, you know, I, I didn't fall for it. Because you know what? Honestly, and he can deny it all he wants. I honestly don't believe he thinks that. I mean, how could you? If you're a KISS fan and you heard Creature of the Night, you're really going to say... He was just a drummer. If you're a KISS fan and you've seen Eric Carr's drum solos live, because drum solos are boring, but not when it was Eric Carr. He always did no an exciting way. drum solo. To me, that was the best part of 80s KISS shows. And I know he believes that too, but he figured, well, I already got the KISS fans pissed uh, with Ace Frehley, but boy, if I say something about Eric Carr, who's deceased, you know? And boy, and, 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 and look, and... I know they don't have a show about this. I guarantee they don't. But I guarantee if that subject ever came up about Eric Carr's insurance, they would never talk about it on three sides. Guarantee never. it. Never. Guarantee it. Because that, they're shills for Paul and uh, Gene, you know? I don't know if they're working for him, but they sure are kissing their ass. Big well, time. They're not working for him, I don't think, but they are total shills. They're total fucking jackals. <laughs> but but what, I'm, what I'm getting at is there's a, a KISS fan base that will listen to anything, whether they hate it or not. And that's a proof so many people I see complain. I see more complaints about Three Sides than I hear you know, you know praise, but yet everybody's still listening. And I can see it with the ratings on us. Obviously, because they're not here every other episode, they just want to hear Kiss, and they probably get mad at us. You know, there's there's some kid in his basement right now. Mad, you hear what he had said about the elder? Make me a hot pocket. <laughs> this is gonna be a long night. You know. <laughs> you know? And this is a subject we never we we've avoided on purpose. And I hate it. I hate fucking bringing attention to and, those well, motherfuckers. Well, and, and but one, sometimes you gotta do it, man. And one thing I'll say, and I I know this is gonna come off as cocky, but I honestly believe it. I think. They just don't want to give us any attention because I think a lot of these fans that don't know about us yet, if they heard real people talking about real, you know, real kiss talk, they're going to give that shit up and they're going to listen to us because there's no fucking bullshit here. Whether you agree with us or not, you know, we're, we're, not we're, we're padding, honest. Yeah, we're not padding any answer. Yeah, we're, we're not. Really, we're not. We don't give a fuck what right. Gene and Paul thinks what we say. We don't give a fuck. We'll say it as it is, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll bring up the hypocrisy like my deluded video. Uh, I also have that other video, the real kiss versus the fake kiss. You seen that one, Bill, where it's like scenes of uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom? No, but I need to see it like immediately. So How come you didn't like that, Wang? How come you didn't like his video? <laughs> oh, man, we're going to go that route. Oh, my God. Well, I don't believe you. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, come on. Anyways, I okay, digress. I just want to say I have a video that's up on America online uh, called Lou Reed Save the Elder, and it's got 14 views and uh, and 15 people hate it. 
So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, like your Beaver Brown band, you know, got <laughs> minus 10 views, you know. Oh, yeah, first time ever a video got minus views. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a new situation that, yeah, nobody knows. It's a new function on Facebook. Yeah, it's so, a situation yeah, comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But yeah, so basically the situation is they suck. <laughs> Yeah, you know, look, look, whatever. They're doing great. Good for them. Hey, I'm yeah, not wishing. They're doing great. They're number whatever. one. Whatever. podcast. In the yeah, world. that's fine. That's fine. They can do whatever the hell they want. But you know what? I at least don't have to fucking censor myself. I don't have to say, well, fuck, if I say this, I might not be allowed on the Kiss Cruise. I might be Eddie Trunk Part 2. Because, you know, Gene and Paul hate Eddie Trunk. And they don't want that. So they definitely got to talk about fucking fiction of how KISS is bigger now than they were during the reunion. They don't bring up, they, they, you know, they don't bring up when they play, like, the show I saw, where they played, I saw the Creatures Tour. The Monster Tour was the same exact fucking thing. It was just as many people. It's dying. Now, there is, like, if you're going to put KISS with Motley Crue, Aerosmith, uh, who else? Um, who else did they tour with? Def uh, Leppard. Def Leppard. All right. You're going to have people go, oh, wow, I want to see Def Leppard and Kiss is playing, so I'm going to take my kids. Because my kids never seen Kiss. So I'm gonna... When I went to go see that one Kiss show, there was a lot of kids and their parents taking them, but it was far from the Dynasty days. Okay? Right. It was half full. It wasn't a big deal, you know? And, and it's just Kiss is dead in the water today. They are not popular. I don't give a fuck what these guys say. Now, overseas is a different story. They play yeah. stadiums overseas, no problem. But, hey, weren't they playing stadiums during the Creatures era, too? Hello, Brazil, 250,000, the biggest show ever. Vinny yeah. Vincent, bing, bing, exactly. bing, bing, bam. But in the States, they weren't even filling, like, half an arena. They you couldn't know? even get arrested. They couldn't. It was It was dead. And that's, it's, I'm telling you, that's how it is today. And right. I, I watched this, this, come on, dude, seriously. And these guys know it's true, but they want to say this bullshit just to piss people off. You know, but without a co-headliner in the States, Kiss is dead. Period. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. can I talk about rock and roll hell? <laughs> sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> All right, I might, I might sound like Bill uh, or, or Ian, too. The whole, look, when I first saw this was going to be on the track listen, I got beyond excited. I was like, oh, my God, really? I mean, this was total left field. I was like, no fucking way this guy's doing rock and roll hell of all songs. Okay, maybe I can see I Love It Loud, you know, maybe. Right. If right. anything off the album, I would think that would be the only one he would do. Rock and Roll Hell is a total, number one deep track. And uh, I was like floored. And, I, and But at the same time, I'm like, this is awesome. It's happening. But at the same time, I was a little worried. I was like, uh, how's this going to be, though? Because this, this song doesn't sound like something Ace would play. When I heard the version, and I, you know, hey, look, I'm a nut swinger. I'm a Kool-Aid drinker, as they say. Uh, but... Dude, seriously, the first the first time I heard it, I thought to myself, "Holy fuck, this is really good, 
vocal-wise, music-wise. I love the fact, and I love the original version, but I love the fact that there's not just bass where it goes dun 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 dun. It has the guitar to gun And Ace is singing it so good, and he does his solo and all. And then, then I finally came to the realization in my mind, listening to it, thinking, "This to me is fucking historic." Because this, imagine if Ace did play on Creatures of the Night. And then I listen to this, and I go, "It could have been like this." Right. And you tell me. Would Creature of the Night really have been any worse with Ace Frehley with that example? Let's say Ace Frehley was playing, you know, maybe at that time he was a massive drunk and couldn't play as well as he does today. But boy, Ace Frehley today playing on Creature of the Night back then, I'm not saying it would better the album, but it goddamn would match it, uh, no uh, doubt. Uh, yeah, but I, I will say right there, I mean, it's, it's an entertaining thought, but yeah, I don't think at that point in time, he could have done what he did. No, I don't think so either. I, I really don't think so either. But it just makes me, you know, think, you know, if Ace Frehley was in good condition oh, at yeah. that time. In other words, in other words, in other words Ace Frehley uh, circa 1977 uh, ability and whatnot playing on the, the 1982, if you would admit, you know what I'm saying? If you would have had the 1977 Ace Frehley playing on the 1982 Creatures of the Night. Oh my goodness gracious. Right. Well, yeah. But, you know, you know and I, know I will you, never saw Creatures of the Night because the great Vinnie Vincent. So, you know. I, I know this might be a bad analogy for you, Ralph, because you just plain hate the fucking song, but I see this the same way uh, when he did his version of Hide Your Heart and, and Kiss did it. I like Paul's vocals, but to me the song was much more interesting with Ace's guitar work. He just always adds that something that makes it sound like kiss to me like whether whether or not they have a competent guitarist they can have whoever they want and write a well-structured song but unless you have fucking ace playing you know to me it will never truly sound like kiss well i should revisit hide your heart and tell you the truth uh i just really do dislike the song i do want to bring up one last point and this is something that i don't think either one of you two know this about um, and I don't remember where exactly it's a very shitty audio recording of a press conference Kiss had during the Creatures tour I mean not cre uh, just Creatures era where Ace was on stage and this is a very bad recording but I did hear this it might have been on three sides maybe not I, don't, I can't remember but they asked Ace at that press conference uh, how, uh, how did you and Paul pick what solos to play on the album talking about creatures of the night and ace actually said oh we he basically lied he wow. said oh paul would do you know we just you know it was natural i would do a solo he would do a solo we just naturally switched on the album and then paul interjected injected in that and and confirmed ace's story and they were both talking about how they traded solos on creatures of the night there is an you're audio. About, you're, talk, you're talking about the Creatures of the Night press conference, October 1982, in Hollywood. That's exactly what you're talking about. Oh, so you yeah. know about what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exact. I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the Creatures of the Night press conference, uh, the day before Creatures was released to the public, uh, and yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. This okay. Very, okay. very, 
very, very little uh, documentation as far as video, but there is a full audio. Yeah, of and that. it's a and very it, and it's, a, and, it's it, and it's terrible quality. Yeah, so very that's exactly, bad quality. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's what you're talking about. It, yep, but you yep, can yep. make it out. You can make it out, but it's very bad yeah. quality. If that's the right. same one that I'm thinking of, I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. But it was rumored that that was actually um, Alan Schwartzberg in Eric Carr's makeup. <laughs> I could be wrong. Oh, oh boy. God, so, uh, Schwartzberg Life's Matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really do. Anyway, so, okay, so, yeah, in, 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 uh, in closing, I would have to say I'm so fucking happy. To me, it's historic to hear Ace Frehley not only do a creature song, but sing it. You know, and a lot of people right. were like, oh, man, too bad Gene wasn't on him. He could have done Rock and Roll Hell. Fuck that noise. He already did it. Right. I don't want to hear Gene re-sing it. That's like that right. stupid. He, he didn't answer Ace Freely. Ace Freely reached out four times. He even yeah. fucking reached out to the. Yeah, so I'm with you. Fuck that. No, and, and, plus why, why, yeah, and plus why do you want. It's like, remember that stupid uh, CD they released with Eric Singer and. And, and, and Tommy Thayer redoing all those Kiss classics. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. I mean, what's oh, the fucking goodness, point? Yes. So what's the point oh, of having goodness. Gene sing Rock and Roll Hell again? Fuck that. Bring fucking Ace to do it. And fuck it. Do, uh, fucking re-record Danger with fucking Peter Chris on vocals, goddammit. Oh, my goodness. Man, I, I, gotta, I gotta say real quick while I'm thinking about it. I was dying laughing the other day. I saw it was uh, like a Kiss Walmart commercial. And, uh, and they showed Kiss bringing down this huge bin that was filled with nothing but fucking sonic boom and i'm just uh, like yeah that's all the unsold copies jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know i i, I would i wouldn't be bragging about that you know I, i'd make the bin look sold out not like holy shit here we got a million that, that nobody bought you know it's right next to the candy corn you can't sell that shit <laughs> you know yeah so, <laughs> sonic boom was a sonic bomb oh man oh, fuck that horrible album. that album sucks oh man terrible yeah, I yeah. like Monster, though. There you go. Oh, God. Boo, bro. Sorry. Boo. Right. Sorry, well, bro. I, I will say this. I, I'm not going to say, you know, jump totally on board with Monster, but I will say it's better than Sonic Boom. I will agree with that. All right. A lot yeah, of people, a lot of people anyway. thought that Sonic Boom was awesome and Monster sucked. I've seen that online. I'm like, wow. Well, and who are those people? Scab infiltration fans. <laughs> And that's one thing you can't blame me doing. I'm not a Scab fan, and I like Monsters. So, you know, you're, you're no, getting you're this. you're the from... only person on the planet that I fucking go, you know what? I, it, it's kind of like having, you know, I'm not going to say. But no, anyway. What, what, what you <laughs> no, gotta, you're right. You're... You got to respect huh? no matter what is is the honesty. You, you know, with admit that, because that's not a popular thing to say. But Ralph, no, no, and the fact out, that he likes it, it makes right. me scratch my head go, well, wait a minute, this cat... Dr. Fuck, I respect his musical integrity, and there's a lot of times, I mean, I've actually gotten personal matches, but Dr. Fuck likes Lancer, why don't you take, and then I, I think to myself, well, man, if he likes it. Wait, wait, people have actually it. said that to you? Uh, yeah. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. I've, I've had people send me messages, they're like, you know, does Ralph really like the Elder, or is he just being a brand of boy? And I was like, no, I think he actually likes it. <laughs> But, I, I mean, you, yeah. you know the same thing with, with Gina Wang. Uh, Gina hates the Elder, and you love the Elder, you know? And I don't understand how you guys like it. But I know in my heart that you're being honest. You're not just fucking with me. 
then I don't get it, but I know you're being honest. So as much as I joke about I, it, I, I, I respect I, that you, you know you say that. It, uh, I, 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 it blows away the news. Nah, I'm afraid to say what I'm going to say because I'm going to get hate, but the Elder is better than the new Ace really solo album that we just reviewed. There you go. Oh, I yeah. Said, wow. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean Origin? Yeah. Or Space Invader? All of them. Wow. wow. All right, Origin, I'll, I'll give you. But... Before I get into with the exception of the 78 solo album, the Elder is better than Freely's Comet, Second Sighting, Inve all Ace Freely songs. So, there, I said it. Okay, all right. Hey, oh, all right. Can, can I ask you one? I, I want to ask you one thing, and I'm being dead serious. I'm not joking. I'm not trying to bait you or anything. Do you what? like Do you like the song Odyssey? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I do too. Okay, case closed. Case closed. Yeah, I actually I like do. that song. I like every song on the Elder. Okay. Ian. Ian. Well, I'm not trying to bait you on He's the you, you're the king baiter. You know exactly what you were well, going to ask I, I, me. I may, I may be the master baiter, but I, no, I'm saying I wasn't going to elaborate. I'm not trying to make a joke or a goof. I'm just honest. Uh, yeah. but, well, like, you know, there's albums I like, but there's certain songs like, well, yeah, that's a horrible song. And I just I love every song on the other. There's not one song. The only song I don't, I know we're going off the re reservation, right. but the only song, the, 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 the song I like the least, and I still like it, is I. Oh, okay. Other. Okay, and let yeah. me let me ask you one more thing. Uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, yeah. did you like it out the gate, or did you warm up to it? I bought it the first day it was released. I know, but, but but did you did you enjoy it? Yes, I loved it. I oh, fucking okay. absolutely loved it. And I got all the shit hate from me at that juncture. People fucking despise kids. Okay. Got to remember where I was in 1981. Um, yeah, I loved it. I fucking adored it. I thought it was it was at the junk at that point I was you know fair warning was out point of entry uh, uh, for those about the rock uh, but yeah to answer your question yeah I fucking loved it I thought it expanded my mind I was really heavy I was really happy that it was heavy as opposed to unmasked I mean it you know it, it was it was a step in the right direction and I think it was a foot it was a, like it was a path to going to the next obvious. Uh, Creatures of the night, but yeah, I loved it. I loved it. The the, the minute I heard it as as a you know young teenager, yeah, and uh, yeah, there, so, you, there you go. So you would you would agree that Lou Reed saved Kiss? <laughs> no. Okay, that I was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree Lou, Reed Lou Reed did not play uh, the oath. Yeah, oh, anyway, no. he didn't write under the rose. It's a thought-provoking question. We, we can make a whole issue uh, episode on that, but yeah, I absolutely love the elder. I think it's fab. I listen. Well, to it all look, the time. look, look, Vinnie Vincent. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Did save Kiss. Now a lot of people will say, "Who oh, Creatures was the worst selling album that they ever did?" How did Vinnie? How is it that Vinnie Vincent saved Kiss? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Creatures was released at the wrong time when they released. They, the thing is, nobody was into Kiss anymore. The makeup was old school. The, nobody oh, cared no, anymore. I apologize to, to um, interrupt, but I have to say this. You and me, as old as we are, we were those teenage kids in high school when the elder came out sticking up for them. We were told that they sucked. And for the general public of the teenage uh, generation at that juncture, we were laughed at. Okay, they were they were a joke, you know. But if well, you no, really, 
Uh, Bill, I hate to say this, but um, no, I, I I did not run around saying Kiss suck, but I gave up on Kiss. I gave up on Kiss. No, I'm not, I'm not saying you said they suck. I said all of our contemporaries in high school. I heard said that. They I I heard that when I was into them in the seventies. That's when I got attacked for wearing an Ace Frehley shirt. I got beat up by a bunch of Led Zeppelin fans. In the seventies? That makes no sense. Oh, dude. I wore an Ace Frehley shirt in 1978. In Ace Frehley, it was a patch, one of those patch-on shirts. Uh, and uh, I was held down by a bunch of Led Zeppelin fans. They gave me a red belly. And I'm like yelling at them, going, but I love Zeppelin too. And they're like, shut up, you kiss fag. Well, yes. you were in seventh grade when that album came out. So it just it's kind of interesting to hear that. Yes, Unmasked made me not like Kiss anymore. I didn't bother to even listen to The Elder. I do recall being at a friend's house. Or he was a real rich guy. And he said, oh, the new Kiss album only has one good song. And he played me the oath. And he didn't play me the rest. And I, me being the closed-minded metalhead at that time, because at that time it was all about Priest, Van Halen, the new wave of British heavy metal. I didn't bother. I go, oh, I'll take your word for it. And I never bothered. Now, Creatures of the Night, a guy came to my house with it on cassette. And I go, no, don't put that on. And he's like, dude, I you... I've heard the story. I've heard the yeah. story. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, uh, fuck it. And he puts it on. I hear the song Creatures of the Night, hooked. And I'm like, don't turn this off. I want to hear the rest. You right, know, the right. oath didn't do that to me back then. You know, but Creatures yeah, I did. never, I never bailed on him. I stuck by him. When yeah, you, I did. Uh, I did. I did. I, I admit it. I, well, that, your commend, I commend you, dude, for sticking to it. Well, I, I bailed uh, when Asylum came out. And, and, and coincidentally, now I look back at it, and it's the third best record in the 80s. So. I think it's the best album Bruce Kulick played on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I Better than that. Revenge. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an old, a whole different conversation altogether. But I was referring to a specific, specifically bringing back where, you know, us old enough to in 1981, when that came out, you know, it was uh, it was a struggle to stick up for the, the un unmasked in '80, uh, elder in '81, and you bailed. I stuck by him. You know, I'm not implying that I, uh, you know, one of these scab fans. I stick by him no matter what. You know, no, 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 no. There's a there's a point where you go. No, I have enough integrity. I have enough dignity. I was raised by really good parents. I am not going to sell out and go, anything Kiss puts out, I like. No, I've never been that jacked. You know, you know what? But uh, I'll tell you this, too. The reason I bailed on Kiss was because I got sidelined. I got sidetracked by all these other newer killer bands that were, I think, putting out better albums than Unmasked. So, yeah. but, but I will tell you this. During those years... It wasn't unlike me to go put on Rock and Roll Over or Kiss Alive. I still would listen to Classic Kiss or the Ace Frehley solo album on a pretty much regular basis. Not as much as I did in the 70s, but I still played it. It wasn't like, oh, fuck Kiss. It's like, no, I still love the shit I always loved. It's just like I wasn't supporting Kiss anymore. I wasn't. And, and dude, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for that guy. His name was Carlos Cuenca. If it wasn't for him bringing that cassette into my house, I would have never saw the Creatures of the Night tour. I love that story. 
Because let me tell you something, that was not a well, you know, uh, publicized album. I, I heard they were coming. I guarantee if I never heard Creature of the Night, I would have been like, nah, I'm not going to that. You know? But yeah. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. so that's pretty much it with our review. Boy, we went a long time on this one. Wow, you ain't shit. Yeah. This could set a record. Yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, uh, closing thoughts. I already told you my closing thoughts. I love the album. Well, I will say that um, I am pleasantly surprised with this. It's way better than I thought it'd be, and I actually enjoy it more than uh, than Space Invader. Um, so I, I think this will stay in my uh, my phone for a while. It was released April 13, 2016, produced by Ace Fraley and apparently a cast of, uh, what, like 10 different people on this route? Uh, yeah, like 10 different studios, recorded everywhere, you know? Uh, drums and bass were recorded by his current backing band, and uh, all guitars were tracked by Bob Kulik. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing a tour Don't right forget now. about Bob Daisley, uh, 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 play bass, oh, yeah. or whatever right. he did. <laughs> and he wrote all the lyrics for all these great uh Yeah, uh, great that's bands. what I meant. I, I just boggled that. But, uh, you know, we, we heard about him having to cancel a show due to exhaustion and, uh, you know, him saying he's too old for this shit. So, man, if, if he's coming around to you on this tour, I would definitely check him out because he sounds great and who knows how long you got uh, to see him. So I recommend the album and I recommend you go see Ace Fraley. Bill Wayne. Um, wow. Just to piggyback on the God of Wad, Wadzilla. Um, and I know I'm going to get a hate. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. I've found this album, even though I've had issues with specific songs or whatever, I found this album uh, more enjoyable than Space Invader for two songs in particular. The songs in particular of Rock and Roll Hell and the, 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 the I mean, the Paul Stanley song is just awesome. I think it's a great album, generally speaking. Um, I think the band is fantastic. I think Ace's playing is packed like a bomb. I mean, his playing is fantastic. I mean, just like, wow. I love the organic sound of it. I don't think, with the exception of his vocals uh, going through the mystery vibe or whatever, I think the actual instrumentation of the album is organic and heavy and, and just garage heavy rock sound. I love it because of those so songs. Yes, I've had issues with a couple of songs, but I think it's a great welcome to the world of rock and roll and I'm really really happy with it and I give the album because of those two songs in particular and I love the other songs but I give it five out of five chopsticks bang alright nice well as we do every week it's that time for pick of the week and Bill Wang since you are our guest uh, enlighten our fans to what they should be enlightened to well I thought of picking this band in previous episodes that I've been on and then I started thinking to myself, well, I could say the hipster pick of the band and um, and the, the general consensus is they go, yeah, that's it. But I'm not going to. The band I'm going to pick is a band is one of my favorite bands. I never talk about because we're always talking about heavy metal rock is The Cure. I wanted to pick an album that basically would want people to, to commit suicide an album from 1982, Pornography, 
But for this specific audience, the rock and metal combat podcast audience, I'm going to pick a 1985 brilliant album by The Cure called Head on the Door. That is my pick of the week. All right. Cool. Ian? Fucking A right. And I'll say, uh, man, that is a rewarding album that you're probably not going to get on the first listen. But uh, on repeated listens, it's just fucking incredible. And uh, take a chance on it, you know? You might think you don't like them, but try that record, man, because I think it's great. Thank uh, you, brother. Appreciate that, man. Uh, and hopefully I get to see them the day before my birthday, man. They got two shows. The first one sold out. And, uh, man, I hope I get to see them because I never saw them live. Yeah, they, they, they have three sold-out shows at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they're not playing at the TikTok band. And they're very, they're more influential than people think. And Robert Smith is such a you know, fucking amazing guitar player. So, anyways. Right, and, and what I will say is if you're going to go get there early because they're actually opening up for Sammy Hagar. So if you get there late, you might miss them. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my pick of the week, you know, we're talking about Origins. I'm going to talk about a band that uh, went back to their initial sound and made an amazing album. And that's Rap with Infestation. And I love that album. I, I think this is a, a, a very good example that I'm surprised more 80s bands didn't do. And that's instead of trying to sound current or do what's trendy, just do what got your fans in the first place. And that's what I love about this album. Because, I mean, seriously, it sounds, you listen to this whole album, and it's better than some of their 80s albums, but it sounds like it could have came out that Better they, than almost all of them. They stuck to, to what made them popular, you know, and then the... The catchy guitar playing of Warren Demartini. They had uh, Carlos Cavazzo from Quiet Riot was playing with them at this point. And it's just a very, very solid album. And it's Rat being Rat. Unfortunately, everything went to shit, you know, on, on this tour. I did get to see him on this tour, luckily. But uh, check it out. If you like Rat, you know, uh, definitely I recommend it. And if you like only certain albums, give this one a shot because it might change your mind. But Rat Infestation. My awesome. Uh, my uh, pick of the week I want to dedicate it to all those guys that gave me a red belly I hope you got your ass kicked eventually uh, <laughs> I hope you all got divorced and your wife took all your shit and I hope she was a Kiss fan my she pick of the week a lesbian yeah I hope I fucked her some, you know, some, somewhere down the line one of those stupid sluts I hope that was a girl you loved I hope I skeezed in her face and then you kissed her afterwards while she didn't wipe her face off. That would have been nice. Alright, my I, I initially was going to say House of the Holy. But I was like, yeah, you know what? Everybody knows Led Zeppelin. You know, so I'll pick something that, you know, you may may, may have escaped your radar. And that's uh, the incredible three-disc set of How the West Was Won. Nice. Fuck! Song remains the same. I'm sorry. No disrespect. I don't like that performance. With the exception of the incredible live version of No Quarter, which I think is even better than the House of the Holy version, and the House of the Holy version is superb. That's the one track I can say on Sound Remains the Same that's fucking amazing. But, How the West Was Won. Now that's a fucking Led Zeppelin live album. Because Amen. those songs are executed perfectly. It's not so... I don't know. Fireman's the same was sloppy. And a bad example. And, and really gives Led Zeppelin a bad rap. 
My drummer, Alex Marquez, hates Led Zeppelin. Hates him. But, yeah, wow. he can't. St he can't stand Led Zeppelin. But the one thing he does say, and you got, and, and, and it's undeniable. He says, "But John Bonham was a fucking amazing drummer." But I can't stand Led Zeppelin. Jimmy Page is sloppy. The way uh, uh, Robert Plant acts, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy saw Song Remains the Same, and it taints people's. You know, I always hear that thing that Jim. Jimmy Page is sloppy. Jimmy Page can be great. If if you look at that DVD, that first, you know how um, Coda has We're Gonna Groove, uh, whatever hey. show that was, that was filmed, Jimmy Page is fucking playing clean. It's fucking amazing. Well, how the West was run, Jimmy Page is not sloppy. It fucking rolls my pick of the week. Fuck yeah. And wow. Yeah. To, to think somebody doesn't like Led Zeppelin. I mean, even if you're burned out. I mean, yeah. I, I, I saw Zeppelin on the Once Bitten, Twice Shy tour, and that wasn't the best era, but uh, but uh, they're still a great band. <laughs> All right. You are, so, you are so bad at the bone. Miss <laughs> the bone. All right. Well, now we got to get in the plugs. Here we go. Ear Peeler the podcasting and interview news site to keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your Podkissed. Every month, the Podkissed crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkissed. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast, and if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast. Starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict and iTunes. 
The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck, and I'm here to talk about the Wadzilla Rock Show that airs here at 11 a.m. Eastern every Saturday, only here on ThatMetalStation.com. Tune in or fuck off. Hey, 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 it's me, Bill Wang. Make sure you listen to the Dr. Fuck Show, Thursdays, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, the replay, Sundays, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ThatMetalStation.com. Bam! All right. Well, before I reveal next week's star-studded guest, I want Bill Wang to talk to our fans and let them know where they can check out his amazing pages. Well, you could pretty much, if you have no connection to me, if you are out there in the Facebook world, just put in Bill Wang. And I'm the first Bill Wang that comes up. Friend me, and I will let you join my beautiful group. Or look for Kiss, 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 Metal, and Hard Rock. That's where you're going to find me, and I'd love everybody to join. Hell yeah. that's I joined, and I love it. Thank you, bud. Thank you. I recommend everybody check out that fine page. And if you enjoyed this seven-hour episode, and we know you did, (laughs) come back next week where we're doing something a little bit different. It's not a record review, not a movie review, but the artist we just talked about, Ace Fraley, joins us for a book review where he comes to combat Gordon Gilbert's brand-new book, I Gotta (laughs) Pay My Rent. <laughs> oh, that that must be the sweet the sequel to. Uh, I know Ace Frehley's still drinking. That's why I wrote this book. No, uh, well, it's it's kind of a sequel to. Holy shit, my phone just got cut off. <laughs> uh, which everybody knows. Uh, ooh, what's some saucy tales in that one? But uh, uh, let's see if Ace remembers what really happened. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. <laughs>